So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hola, hola, hola. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. Yeah. Right. So, a lot of things happened <laughs> during our um, slight hiatus, if you will. Not too slight, though, but, you know, yeah, just took time to enjoy my birthday. You know, I'm, I'm one year older now. Hooray for me. Right. Yeah. Um, what a, what, apart from all that, you know, um, you know, stuff on TV, stuff online, and some music-related yeah. stuff that I'll get into. And, of course, in terms of reviews, we're going to talk about um, Season 2 of HBO's Insecure. We're going yep. to talk about season four of Netflix's um, gr- um, excellent adult animated comedy, Bojack Horseman. Yep. And we have to talk about that horror film, right? that horror film that may be the best horror film of the year thus far. It. Right, uh, maybe. <laughs> but we'll get to that just so. All right. So that's so uh, pre-ramble stuff that took place um, last week. Um, yeah. For one thing, well, just sticking to, to like um, YouTube for the time being. Um, for one thing, we got to see the first trailer for the official trailer. Sorry for the, the um, for the disaster artist. Yes. Yes. Looks great. I love it. I love James Franco's um, yeah. Tommy Wiseau accent. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, got, I've been following um, Tiff recently, so I saw it got a pretty high score. Right, right, right. I know I it got a lot of buzz for, there, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's probably the big buzz. Even uh, end, well, some people might say Oscar buzz. I don't really know about that, but, you know, we'll find out. It's possible. Like, imagine yeah. if James Franco actually win Best Actor for that, though. That'd be interesting. Best Actor for, for, uh, for the worst actor. Yeah. yeah There's some, some ironic bullshit that James Franco could pull off. <laughs> of course, you know us, because like to have these stories now, you know, those kind of things. Like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, who tried so hard in the 2000s, then finally, after after um, after eating a buffalo heart, sorry, a buffalo you know? liver, and, you know, skinning <laughs> inside of a horse and sleeping inside there and going through all this torture and pain, that's where he earned his, his, his first Academy Award. You know what I mean? They right. like those kind of stories, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, maybe maybe James Franco could win. I just call it right now, but we'll see in time. No, as, I say, as I say, you could get for, you know, his ironic bullshit. No, you know, the best actor for the worst actor. Yeah, exactly. And of best course... Actor acting as the worst actor. Yeah, of course, Tommy Wiseau would be so overjoyed, baby. Like, yes, now I you shall know? continue you and know? make movie and inspire more people to, to, to right. do what I did. Right. Um, we also got a trailer, but I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, the Red Sparrow. Which is a thriller um, starring McGill, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Yeah, it has this like even right down to the text and all. It looks like it's based off of some kind of um, novel. You know, yeah. it has that kind of espionage kind of text. In it, you know what they use in the covers of those books. You know. Yeah, yeah. So her character reminds me a lot of um, like Black Widow, for example, where she was um, trained from from young to be this this assassin, and she uh, used a body and all those kind of things. That, huh? Speaking of that, and noticing, you know, the one thing that's the one thing that comic book movies did because comics had to, like, just scour everything genre-wise just to make things interesting. You end up having just this, this kind of hodgepodge, you know, of, uh, you know, hodgepodge potpourri of of genres in the comic book movie, in comic book movies. So it's right. sci-fi, so and so. So, but people taking the concepts now that we've seen in these comic book movies and then putting them in other movies, like it's splitting off and. They're just taking them to some like more interesting logical spaces. So, yeah, like, yeah which is cool. Movie, right, so you have a movie basically based on um, shrinking now. Uh, what was it? What's the name of that show? I, I haven't heard of it. That so oh gosh, it's slipping my mind right now. But I was like, yeah, it's basically the Ant Man movie. Right, like, right. And uh, I was like, no, it, it does look like if they're going to waste um, 
they're gonna waste waste the premise on on this silly movie in my opinion because the trailer just looks really uninteresting. Right. Um. But I don't know where. Yeah, but just the idea of well, nobody else, nobody else did this idea, and now you're seeing it in something that's not a comic book movie. Yeah, and you're seeing it with, not, a, with you're another not, actor or actress playing that 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 um, character. Right. Like yeah, but, uh, the last yeah, thing yeah. I imagine is like Jennifer Lawrence playing some sort of assassin who had to use a body to you know you know get with men and kill them and that, that's like the last thing i would see her in but then again right. she's in mother so it's like wow okay maybe she just right. kind of stretching her her range on maybe she's not going for that oscar anymore but she want to do some more you know interesting meaty roles you know what i mean right yeah and uh, and, and man is like, like the last movie to make make the whole shrinking person thing really work now like yeah yeah this since what and honey i shrunk the kids oh god i knew he was gonna say that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like it, it had other movies that did it, but like this, the Ant Man really pulled off the tech on our next on a really impressive level. Now, shit, I'm exactly. Like, I really slip in my mind what the movie is. Yeah, I think it's Matt Damon starring in it. Is I think Matt I saw the thumbnail for that though. Um, yeah, but I think it's a, it's Matt Damon, like he's the lead now. Um, from what from what I got. Downsizing. Sorry. Downsizing. Downsizing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the I haven't seen trailer for that. Basically, just um, well, the idea is just is just a bunch of people. I think just to solve like all the climate change problems now. Okay. Yeah, so I'll shrink people. Yeah. The answer. So we can spread the resources. Whatever. Okay. Even though that don't make any sense. So I, I, I know, I know, I know. But hopefully they will Whoever. explain themselves. Hopefully. Let's take it looking like something that will completely waste the premise because they're still drinking water and these kind of things normal. It's like, yeah, but you, you got to shrink the water. <laughs> like water is totally different. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. When you, when you think about it, the yeah, exactly. logic. Whatever. Yeah. Um, another trailer that we saw, I believe it came out like a few days ago actually, um, was the Red Band trailer for The Shape of Water, which is a show that I'm yes, excited to see because of who's that. on board, you know, Guillermo yeah. del Toro, yeah. um, another R-rated film from him. Um, I haven't seen yeah. that, his last one, that Haunted House one. Um, yeah, that's one, um, this boy. God, I forgot the name of it. Jeez. You know, because I haven't seen it. That's like the one, um, del toro movie that i have not seen and that's because yeah, of well, the reviews yeah, i don't remember yeah the the, the, the imitable claude did a review of it and he loved it so yes yes I yes because that, that's right up his his whole you yeah. know he loves his gothic you know fiction right. kind of thing yeah yeah but i, but I need I, to I watch that film before i watch the shape of water for sure yeah, i actually want to cover I, all of his movies before jumping into this one so right yeah. I, I did yeah i i saw that about i don't know i just watched it like a couple of weeks after he did the review and i said yeah yeah i totally i didn't love it as much as he did but uh I totally understand why you would love it. It's actually really well made. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's that, Del Toro. Really well it's Del Toro. Yeah. A lot of people appreciate it. And well, speaking of Del Toro, we're going to see. Well, it, I don't know how much he's in, is involved, but um, well, Hellboy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. We got we got to see our first still of Hellboy. So uh, what's okay. so amusing is that no, that's not Ron Pillman that you're seeing there, my friend. No, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's I, another guy, but I, I forgot his name though. Dice thing is a smart call because Ron Pullman is so iconic to the role at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine anybody else around him. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, Iron Man and Tony Stark. and Yeah, and, and Robert Downey Jr. Robert somebody Downey else trying to like play him. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine anyone else in the role at this point. Yeah. Or, or, or Hugh Jackman or Wolverine. It's like that. Right. But the... the uh, really, yeah, they aesthetically come real good and then make a really brilliant movie for you to forget the old actor. Right, but on the subject of that, um, the the brilliant movie. Um, what are your thoughts on the the whole R-rated approach that they they want to do here? Because to me, it kind of comes out with 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 Hellboy, like the gearing up no, that, to be that, a R film. The direction you have to go. Yeah, because to me, it kind of coming off like, oh, we're gonna do like a a, a remake, now, like a Punisher, that, like how they did the Punisher like um years ago, something like that. Yeah, no, but that was that was the call that anybody anybody and everybody had to do. He said, look, 
superhero movies, when you're doing your anti-hero characters, your movie need to be R-rated or very, very on the edge, PG-13 kind of thing, right? Yeah. You have to, sorry, because that's the only way to make it work, but you have to respect the material. You can't just say, well, it's going to be badass for badass sake, that nonsense, no, no, no. right? And you go put like ten strippers in the movie or some bullshit <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah, but but uh, but Hellboy essentially was always yeah, dark, and even from the first exactly. movie, I find the second yeah, one was lighter, but still, you know, yeah, the tone exactly. of it was Hellboy, always dark. And Hellboy is right up the alley because guys, you know, everybody is clamoring for the R-rated Wolverine movie for forever. Yeah, and finally got it, and it was great, and mm-hmm. everybody considered it like the best Wolverine movie, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with um, was the other one by Blade is another one you could argue. Yeah, they, they are the R-rated movies. You know, yeah, Punisher, yeah. We'll see what will happen. With, well, Punisher is a TV series now, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, All right. Um, right, right. So on the subject of TV, as uh, well, good to get bring up TV. Um, yeah. We got our um, season premiere of the Orville, which is um, Seth MacFarlane's latest project, and. All right, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but uh, all I would just say is at the moment right now is this. Um, okay, I, I got where he was coming from with it. Clearly, this man loves um, loves Star Trek. You know, he's a yeah. Star Trek buff. Clearly, you see it there. It's 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 all over this this um this season premiere, and I was feeling the story and thing. But you know, it's because we live in because we live in a world where you associate Seth MacFarlane with Ted and Family Guy, and then also we live in a world where stuff like space balls and right. um and a million ways to die in the west existence so when you look at orville you see the star trek influence you're thinking right. oh it's gonna be a spoof of it or is it gonna be like that, some okay, kind of so, tongue-in-cheek version um, of it and i just got right. some kind of weird dramatic comedy right. thing before that just didn't work for uh, me before before i actually talk about the show i just want to talk about the running preamble with it because okay, again yeah. identity politics infecting the discussion um right. uh, for one, understand, but okay, so you know, a lot of Star Trek fans haven't really been happy with the JJ Star Trek, right? The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. What, what we call it, even like, right down to Beyond, too. Like, right, y'all, y'all, no, y'all don't uh, like Beyond. <laughs> a lot of people like Beyond, a lot of fans like Beyond, but Beyond didn't make money, so true, okay. But yeah. whatever, but my point is, um, you know, when JJ, JJ took over and he did his the Kelvin timeline, a lot of people was, was uh in blowback with it, and I already gave my opinion of what why that had to be the way it was yeah. because you know everybody because the whole thing before that was a complete shit show right um the, the tng films was a complete disaster on average mm. but it was quote-unquote aesthetically close even though the movies were like completely nonsense and incoherent movies on average except for probably the the second tng film which is the eighth film right. as a first contact right um, um i'm dumb question right just just to, to stop it because um yeah. i'm asking this because i i recently watched the the x-files movie first time ever in my life i know i i, I know yeah, i really for the party right but still um did those movies that came out ever like the next generation stuff like generations and 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 you know those things ever tied in at all to the the shows yeah, like you know like exactly. they, like that's, that's season I'm, 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 like how x files did you know they had no, a movie and then it just continued from that, there that's an excellent question but right it's the main that's the main reason why those movies failed in my opinion oh okay reason, because with generations generations um insurrection and nemesis didn't tie into the, the TV show in any workable way. Like Whoa. I gave I gave my fix on the internet, like in my in my nerd circles, like right. what they should have done with those movies. With generations, they should have referenced Gainon and make it all about Gainon or, or make it about the Elorian. So he actually explained them because they were never explained the show. Um First Contact actually worked because it, it they did reference the Borg and they they carried on to Picard's arc within the Borg. So that right. kinda worked. Even though it had a bunch of dumb action John McLean bullshit in it. 
Yeah, but, um, but people love first contact, though. Uh, you know. Yeah, first contact is actually generally well received, and I, I actually like it as well. I actually give it a, a reasonably high score, even within the context of Star Trek movies. Right. Um, with nine, they again dropped the ball because with nine, you had a premise that totally was like up, right up Deep Space Nine alley in terms of the whole moral equivalence problem. Now you mm-hmm. had a big moral situation of utility versus deontics within the Federation, and DS Nine. That's all what DS Nine was about. So that's what they should have do, done with with um. Uh, with with interaction, interaction they, should yeah. make it a, they should make it a crossover movie within DS9 and and, and TNG. Right. You basically have you have Cisco and Picard basically coming at each other, right? So you're making more about that. Mm-hmm. And you have an ethical argument. They didn't do it, so the movie fell flat. And then ten is the worst of the worst. Of course, well, Nemesis. Everybody knows that's Nemesis, the worst. Yeah, yeah. But Nemesis had no excuse being that bad because again, you had a whole story arc, right, dealing with the Romulans and and, and Spock, and and dealing with that government and and upheaving the government. No mention of Spock in the movies. Wow. <laughs> no mention of Spock. They just have this, this this character who's a clone of a card and certain nonsense. Like, yeah, why didn't you just make it all about um, Spock and what he was doing on, on Romulus, helping out the Romulus and trying to join back? The whole, they had a whole story arc that was brilliant called Unification. Never reference it. So the movies fell flat and they sucked. And, and it showed. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. we, we, we get kind of too deep in the woods because I had to talk about Orville. Anyway, the movies failed. Um, they, they did it really poorly. Um, I think when Nemesis was out, um, that was the same year Harry Potter and, and Lord of the Rings came out. Well, it started so, at, it was, I think it was 2001 yeah, or 2 it came out, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah so it, it get it get us stumped to the box office completely um, by those two, two other movies, I think. Um, and then, so they had to reboot it. They brought out J.J. Trek. J.J. Trek was aesthetically really different. A lot of people hated it. I uh, didn't like it myself, I'll admit. Uh, but the thing is, from an entertainment movie standpoint, it was that bad. It's a movie that I, I give a, a marginal score to. Um, I, I, I like the movies all the same. It's not so yeah, now exactly. come back to done, in a hurry. Could have done to more with it. Yeah. Uh, with that JJ, the first JJ track, I thought the first JJ track was okay. And but here's the thing: you, you had a big split to the fans, and yes, you had this yes. interesting kind of weird gamble. And again, I'm going to get into the identity politics part of this, right? Right. So, with the new series. A lot of people saying, all right, well, you have the movies, but really why the, what makes Star Trek shine is the series. You have a good long-form storytelling. Mm-hmm. You have a full season to tell arcs and make it work. And, and you could really explore decent concepts with, with solid focus writing. So you need a new series. Right. And, and more or less stuff. introduce new audience, new viewers who think Star, think. Star Trek is that's just all about um, Lent Flair now. With Star Trek, much like with Star Wars, you have a, a kind of split, a generational split with the fans. Right. But the problem is that with Star Trek, because Star Trek so is a little different in terms of the nature of the audience. The audience is more technical, for lack of a better term, more conscientious. Right. And the audiences have to kind of pass down this this love now. Not really. It can't be like, oh, well, we're going to do Star Trek in our own way, and we're going to do it in this way. So with the new series, Star Trek Discovery, what ended up happening is that you have a, 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 a case of Star Trek going in a direction that people may not like at all. Now, Star Trek was always, quote-unquote, SJW, right? If you want to use that, that really stupid kind of crass term, um, you know, in terms of progress and whatever it is. But the writers, and the, 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 with at least the characters within the world, treat it as kind of post, right? Star Trek is, quote-unquote, post-feminist, post-this. You don't even think about it. It's just, it's just treated as, as a given. Right. Uh, in terms of race, in terms of culture, in terms of... Um, gender identity. Well, they're not really getting to that so much in Star Trek so much, um, but they might do it in this new one. Um, yeah, of course. You know, 2017. And then the, uh, the lead is a black female, so it's feeling kind of on the nose with the SGW stuff, right? Yeah. And it's having a blowback. And enter the Orville, where you could... Kind of, I don't know if... I don't think Sadma Fallon did it intentionally. Well, oh, you're going to cater to the old Star Trek fans. But 
the way the Orville is designed and how it feels in terms of, at least when the, when I watch the trailers, is, oh, we're doing Galaxy Quest all over again. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's what it is. It's Galaxy Quest. It's this big, big love for the fans, you know, and it's this big homage of fan base and fandom and old fandom who stay loyal for all this time. Real, real retro stuff, intentionally right, retro. a little bit. And, <laughs> then, and then we're going to be funny. Now, the actual review of the Orville itself, I personally thought it fell flat. Me right? too. Um, it was really unpolished. Editing didn't work. Um, pacing was kind of bad. A lot of the blocking and how the characters interact with each other was kind of bad. It was yeah, there, there were a couple of shots actually that that didn't look good. Like there was yeah. one shot in particular where you saw the ship coming to the Orville, and it just cuts to like like about a second of black, and then you see it coming from the side. It just didn't right. look. It looked off to me. But the thing is, it's look. I, I give everything a chance. It's a pilot. It's a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna like to oh. Well, Orville is a complete mess and the shitting on it. But when I because I, I was expect I was I was going to skip it when I saw the, the rating online. I saw it got like a really low score on Metacritic. And and run to me too soon. Right. And but I saw but then I was watching but then when you watch the fan liking, the fan like it for you see the fans like it for a high reason and I'm wondering if it's if it's this kinda a, a kinda SGW blowback is like, oh well, even though Orwell kinda sucks, it can't be as bad as the SJW Star Trek Discovery. And it, it's kind of like this and and the thing is the the Star Trek Discovery situation becoming really antagonistic because I forget the, the I forget who's the leader of the lead in who's the captain, who's the actor I forget his name oh God, it's slipping my mind a real good actor he was in that last movie, um, shit the the captain for for what for Star Trek Discovery he said oh. outright he tell he tell them he kind of they kind of want they kind of want to like dispose of the old fans now because the old fans are too nitpicky now right and, and when give the show a fair shake so again the feeling that people only liking the Orville because um just a hit on on Star Trek Discovery but that's kind of that's dumb though well that's the thing exactly but and they didn't see Star Trek Discovery yet but Discovery have all of this really bad signs going into it 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 have a Ghostbusters vibe going into it oh oh, I see a couple bad a couple bad bad red flags one almost everything is on on this CBS all access nonsense instead of putting it out on on the network itself Mm-hmm. Right, but it's not on the all access channel, so you can only see it through the all access. But that's stupid. That's a bad move. Right? Yeah, it's almost like, like they freed about um, you know, viewership exactly. now, that kind of thing. Yeah, why, why even do that? And and the show now, when I watch the Discovery trailer, um, it, there's a lot of things I like, but there's a lot of things I, I I'm not liking. Mm. Um, and then you're hearing some stuff about the writers who want to outright make the Klingons Trump supporters. So it's coming across as really contrived and hackneyed now, from a political standpoint. Yeah. So yeah, I get the feeling that you're seeing just a blowback. That the only reason that people are liking the Orville, because I can't, in good conscience, watch the Orville and say, this really good and so brilliant and well done. You think flat. Sorry. It is, it is, it is. Right. You think it really flat. But again, I've seen so much people saying they like it. And the Orville, when you watch the, the actual ratings, it did well. did pretty well. Right. And again, I, I kind of DCU vibe from it now. You know, you have a bunch of people who like, really like the DCU, even though the DCU is a hot mess. Yeah, yeah. They, again, if you the only reason they're liking it because of this, but a lot of those DCU fans not liking Wonder Woman as much as the other movies. They're wondering, all right, so is that kind of sexist thing going on? You're not sure, but it because the other side kind of feeding into it, you can't gauge this properly now. Mm. Like with Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters wasn't that bad, but the behavior of Sony make it look bad. Yeah, yeah. And again, they're doubling down and being too protective, much like with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, if they didn't take these people on and just made a movie, it would have been better than what we got. But they don't prepare themselves for that hate now. So mm. they put up that shield, and it was a shield that's larger than necessary when you think about it, in my opinion. Right, I understand. And it's the same thing. They're wasting more energy on just making the show good than defending against these fans. They're going to have Jackass fans who hate it no matter what. Who yeah. Cares? Just make your thing and stop 
trying to protect it and hide it and move it here. No, put it out for everybody. See who hates it. See who like it, and then push for that. Yeah, and, and then and then yeah, take take from take from the criticism and make it better, or cancel it wherever you want to do. Play, it's up to you. If you want to play stories sucking and not giving the shows a chance, just go back and watch TNG first two seasons. If that shit did come out now, TNG would get cancelled first season. Yeah. TNG is a hot mess. The first two seasons of TNG is terrible. But then you get season three and, you know, it's, it's, it's sci-fi television history, right? Mm-hmm. Season three was just so goddamn amazing and brilliant for many people. And yeah, you had to give a show a chance. Give this, do the show. Don't, don't let the fans hate on it. Don't let what happen to it. Because what I feel going to happen with the show is exactly what, what going to happen with Stargate um, Universe. A show that was going to get better if it crossed season two and they should have given it a damn chance and it get cancelled. Because they didn't give it a chance. Right, yeah, yeah. As I say, the awful, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not putting it in, in Seth MacFarlane. I don't think he does this intentionally, but it's, it's feeling reactionary in all the wrong ways. And he himself said he wanted to do his own Star Trek, so it's reactionary in the sense of, well, I'm going to do my Star Trek and make it work. But that shit fell really flat and didn't work. But whatever, that could get better too. And I'll watch both shows. It's not like I'll watch either show or the other. Yeah, um, I, I, I actually, I, I, I actually want to sort it on with it too. Again, you're feeling that people, a lot of people liking the Orville only in bad faith. Okay. I, I can't in good conscience watch that and say, boy, this is real good and so smart and funny. Nowhere near as good as, say, Galaxy Quest, for example. No, no, no. Yeah. Whatever. But, 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 but just for me, um, well, just in closing with, um, with, with the Orville, I just, you know, like I said before, it's because of the name Seth Fal- McFarlane. You know what to expect from him. Even right down to his, um, to his, his, um, his Star Wars spoofs, no, from yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Family Guy. You're expecting a level of humor in it, no? But I was right. surprised when I saw it how dramatic it was now. But that, you know, drama in the sense that okay, we have a real story going on with real characters, there's real stuff going on. We're not gonna just have a laugh a minute. But I think it's because of that where you and when you do get the last day, not that much in my opinion, it just really fell flat for me now. So it's like yeah, okay, no, what is it trying to do here? That's, that's the problem, is, right. is you know when you when you can't pick a two and it have I, I just like to use a physics reference, it's destructive interference. Yeah. One is one is cancelling out the other, so you just get a flat tone entirely. They couldn't pick a right tone, so you couldn't yeah. get you couldn't get one side or the other. Either either if you mix it perfectly, you get you get a kind of a get a, a high band and you get a a, a a synthesis of greatness, right? But it's, sometimes you just get the opposite. When you you have a clash in tones, they cancel each other out entirely, and you get a black spot. That's how I saw it. Yeah. That's how I saw this. This this was like that. They couldn't pick a right tone. A lot of it didn't um didn't gel at all. As I said, because everything was so unpolished, it re- it's a pilot, whatever. Yeah. But everything felt really unpolished overall, so I just, like, I couldn't get into it. Ne- especially, ne- like, ne- especially when it hit the second arc. Oh when boy. it hit the second arc, I was like, wow. This yeah. Is not going nowhere for me, though. Even right down to, to where Seth met his ex-wife and, you know, the little band yeah, between the two. Started off good, but then it was just like, okay, just stop it. We get the point. All yeah, right, you're just going to keep... It, it none just, of it worked. They yeah. didn't work. And, and the problem is that Seth himself, I'm going to straight up say it, Seth is a really contrived actor in the sense that he just tried to do this classical look to everything. But the man is a shit actor. Sorry, you have no damn he's talent. He's like the same in every show he's in. Jeff. Yeah, he's the same in every show he's in. Like he did, but he's like, when you actually see him on, on paper, he just kind of work out. He could sing, he could do voices, he could do all of this thing on paper. But like, when it's actually time for him to actually perform in, on camera, sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a terrible <laughs> screen presence. Yeah. You have a terrible screen presence in my opinion. Hmm. Alright, but you know, in, in due time you'll see how this show turns out. No, if they do cancel it, well no, uh, the unfortunate part, I don't think either show will get cancelled necessarily, but the unfortunate right. part, everybody gonna be comparing it to um Star Trek Discovery and you'll have all these jackasses who'll be like, Well, Orville so much funnier and clever and it's like, Yeah, but it's not and it's not. just trying to contrive <laughs> yeah. your rebellion battle now. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Um, also, also in regards to television, before I forget, I didn't even know this until like a couple of days ago. Um, both Broad City, which I, which I, which is one of my, my favorite Comedy Central shows, by the way. Yeah. And South Park started back um last week. Right. Um, I, I really I, enjoyed the, the 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 premiere um season four premiere of Broad City. I love that episode. They took right. this particular movie. I forgot the name of it, but they they brought their own spin on it. Basically, that's all I'll say. So right. yeah, and also South Park. We well, season twenty one has started. I don't think it started off on a strong note, though. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the reason being is because you know, like from the episode, like from your, your first episode, you kind of get a hint of what to expect. But you know, right. they kind of leave it at a at somewhat at a little cliffhanger. There. So you know, okay, right. I need to tune in next to see what happens um, afterwards. Now. But here, it's just like oh, it, it just kind of stops and just you know, credits. That's right. it. Right. Uh, okay. So South Park when they started to do the serialized storytelling. Season yeah. Eight, now, in my opinion, season 18 is still to this day so goddamn brilliant for me. Like, mm. I just love season 18. 19 was okay. It was kind of funny, but a lot of it didn't work. Um, and then, although a lot of people like 19, 19 was really well received. And it was, again, to blow back against the SJWs. You know, that. Right. Um, but then 20 was a mess, drug. I hated 20. 20 just sucked entirely. And then I, I sat down and did a, uh, just a run-through of what 20 was about, like the second half of it. No. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it totally sucked. It didn't work. It didn't make sense. The arc didn't work. Um, it it, it kind of seemed to break their own rules in terms of storytelling. Yeah. It was just a sort of like just run from set point to set piece to set point to set piece to set point. You know that that, that whole season finale thing with the trolls and the whole yeah, big revelation just fell apart so yeah, quickly, boy, so all. quickly. And it ends up to be this ultimate reveal. Now when you see it, it's like, wait, does it really? Right. Something with and Switzerland. This, what? Huh? Right. Okay. It was dumb. It yeah. was really dumb. But it, where, yeah, what you know, what think happened, and I, I think um somebody other people probably have this analysis. But yeah, what think happened? So because uh Trump won instead of Hillary, and everybody thought Hillary would win, they like they write for that now. Yeah, well I know like, they do that. They always like to write. They always write um ahead. And, yeah, ahead now. Same yeah. thing they did with. Uh, <laughs> I always remember this when when um when when Saddam Hussein um was killed. Yeah. Yeah. So they they did an episode like about a week afterwards, making fun of that. Right. Yeah. But the problem is that they, they, they kind of predict, they kind of, because they're doing a serialized season instead of the episodic content, they thought, they really thought Hillary is going to win. A lot of people thought so too, right? Mm-hmm. And nope, Trump won, sorry. And when up happening, they end up undermining the whole arc. And yeah, the whole had, giant sure douche thing. Yeah. Right, I'm sure they had a whole arc in, involved with the whole Hillary thing. Yeah. And it didn't work. It didn't work. It, 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 well, it backfired in the face because of that. And the whole season didn't work. And about season 21, they did a whole bit with, um, with this whole yeah with um, Alexa and right the Alexa thing but yeah. the whole joke with the running out of jobs and machines and yeah, that whole shit that yeah, thing came that back whole, the whole episode was terrible it started okay and yeah. then the, the, just the second half just fell completely flat because like was the message exactly you know was the joke and and even the whole Kendrick Lamar humble thing that they was hyping right. up that was that was alright that was alright that was kind of funny but, it, but how it ended though with um is what well, that's not um that's not Kenny's father right it was somebody else no 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 that's um he's a character who's been in the show right yeah uh, and they had this kind of weird arc going on with um with Stan father trying to be this home renovator and he have the show right and they never get to why his wife is always so quiet now and right. I thought they would have stopped to be like okay well she's not enjoying this clearly that's why she's looking so well, they we'll never address it though we'll it's, see it through episodes but yeah. the episode they, they want to tackle the whole Nazi thing um but what they, they're making a the joke of the I think the joke was or the Adizi message was well the only way to quell um, you know, white people who who in a mess is a white white hate monger types is to give them comforts, creature comforts. That was right. a joke. 
Okay. They, they make the joke, it's all about where there's white people renovating houses. Yeah. That, yeah. So that's the joke, I think. Which is, if once they don't give white people the, the, the creature comfort, they'll behave like, like Nazis and haters and they'll come out in mobs and all that shit. Right. Uh, I think that was the idea, but it's like, yeah. Okay, but, I, I didn't pick up on that, that, to be honest. It, it, just stood, it just didn't work for me. That, right. that whole bit. The, the authors of South Park, Santa Richie pointed in the mission returns with their whole message because they kind of create a whole culture of um, apathema. Remember yeah, that's the whole yeah, point. Yeah. They have a they just try to they try to shit on somebody who on a side, but they themselves don't really have an opinion. And is when they think about it, a lot of the ideas is this kind of non non issue kind of in between positions now. This, yeah. this kind of false in a weak form of centrism essentially. So with this now, when with, with the whole blowout with, with the whole well, you know, it had na- the, the Nazis with the tiki torches thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of look like asses now because they don't have an opinion because they don't right. have to see. Yeah. So I like well, who this who this was for exactly? Yeah. You know, all they all they know good for is like if you like something too much, they could shit on that. They're of course, really yeah, they they've been doing that for for ages, right? For a very long time. Yeah. And um, it, it that has reached its point of diminishing returns. So we'll see what what we're going on in the future of South Park. I thought yeah, it was terrible. Um, the, the thing is with, with Cartman's arc though, well, you yeah, could say kind of starts, it just kind of stops abruptly to me. So it's like what so. Okay, yeah. he he's playing with his girlfriend now. So what? Right. He's gonna start this love affair with Alexa now. That's the only thing running yeah, through my mind. Now, but like, done. um, but why or what? What is it gonna lead up to? What's the point here? It just kind of yeah, just stops abruptly, and it's like, all right, um, yeah, okay, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from all that, too, uh, we, and, and we any any cartoon that get too popular too long for too long, or if it get popular too fast, will eventually start having the blowbacks because they don't really have much to say. As I said, as I expected, Team um, Rick and Morty is like that as well right now. So I yeah. have a look back against Rick and Morty. But we're going to talk about Rick and, and Morty. speaking of Rick and Morty, yeah. holy shit. We got, yeah. in my opinion, the best episode of season three. Hell, the, one of the best episodes ever of right. Rick and Morty. Right. My God. The, it's, it's, to me, though, I'll just get a brief review of it. To me, what they, they pull off, though, is like, it's not just that Ricks and Mortys can't coexist or they'll always kind of fall out and then the results will be like real terrifying but now they're showing that Ricks and Ricks can't exist well at least we saw that with the um, season premiere season 3 but now Mortys and Mortys can't exist now so you know we get all these weird scenarios that happen in, in the Citadel now but how they pull all this off in 22 yeah. minutes for one thing and yeah. then had one guy doing all the voices throughout yeah. the entirety of it well there's this one guy who does um this this certain commercial that's a specific um subplot in it was just mind-blowing like this is yeah. this is just epic to me like just one of the most amazing yeah. things i've seen on tv this year right. it was, it, and what i liked about the episode it was a complete fake out in the, in the promos i had no idea that shit was coming exactly but even but right down to the title the rick yeah. lantis mix-up yeah, is like exactly. that so but it's had nothing to do with <laughs> Yeah, they do the promos. The promos was Rick and Morty, we go into Atlantis, the gummy, and then they cut it with the say and they show the entire end sequence, eh? So they yeah. show the opening and the end sequence and then they just at the end they just barely mentioned, Oh well, what happened with the citadel? And then they move on. Right, right, <laughs> and right. Like, and then they, and then with the episode itself they just cut straight to the citadel and the tales of the citadel. So they follow up from now I have a couple questions, eh? It have a couple of questions, like things already add up in the with it, but yeah, but there's a lot of theories going around, and I think right. yeah, if you go up online, there are people like that like talking about this episode. Stuff, continuity stuff and like how how this happened and who is what where. Um, oh, right, good point. Yeah. 
Right. But the the thing is, though, is um, they're going to get into... But they, 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 they don't really matter because, they, again, they can answer these questions later. You know, it's one of these things that can just come up. Yeah, and because yeah to me, I saw right, it as, as, a re- as a possibility. This could right. become a reality one day if things right. don't work out. And then what they do with it? So they do what? They have like four or five different subplots. I think it's like uh, five in total uh, from, right. from what I call Four or five. They stand by me stuff. Yeah, they stand by me. me. <laughs> it was good. Right. Yeah, um, we uh, had the, the whole 24 thing with, you know, this guy going for election and then his um his, his, his partner in a shoot, um, assassinating him, basically, in broad daylight. Yeah, that that caught that, that caught me off guard. But the one, yeah, but the one, the one story that that stood out to me though was the Ricks who were working in that factory, who were making right, that, uh, yeah, the factory arc. I love that. And then they did the well, I, I don't know what to call it, but I just call it the training the arc. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. That, yeah. that that was one of my favorites too. That scene where they go right. inside that that nightclub though. That awesome, up, right? awesome. Like, it, it makes some sense. But if you think about it, if you think about it, it be. It makes some sense. Got face values like yeah, this will make no sense. But like, if it's just a set of Mortys, what time some weird shit like that exists? Yeah, Mortys killing Mortys. You know what I mean? When Cup Morty said, "Don't think about it," I was like, "All right, that makes some sense." In terms of men over time, now. Yeah. Like, it is thick. And then when it answered a couple of questions, well, one, a lot of the Mortys don't have homes to go to. Holy shit. Yeah, that was, like, that's a, that's interesting though. Yeah. But that was the big thing. The big thing at the end of um when back when they you first had a, you first know that there was an evil Morty out there. Right. Which was, which was, uh, you would get the feeling oh they just gonna send the Ricks back to the Earth now mm-hmm. and just gonna live all their life. Apparently not. They couldn't. Yeah. A ton of a ton of Mortys. I said Rick, sorry. A ton of Mortys back to their own home now without a Rick. Yeah. I'm like no, they, all of them stay on the Citadel. I was like whoa, why? Uh, that was the, the first big question. I thought they would have sent most of them home now. It's like, wait, have a bunch of Mortyless Ricks. Sorry, a bunch of Rickless Mortys. Yeah, in, in the slums. They're just, in the slums, yeah, but yeah. none of them going back to Earth. Yeah. Why didn't they send them back home? Like, they have no life to go back to? Holy shit, that mm. kind of dread. Um, then they did the whole simple Rick thing. That was, remember the, 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 the fake scenario that Rick make up in the episode, in episode one? Um... I try to remember right. what it was. Right, go back in episode one when they say when it, they show a, a quote unquote origin of Rick and it's not an origin. Oh of right, 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 right. When his family died in September 11, apparently right. or something That's like the same that. Yeah. Guy. Oh really? It's not, not, it's not not the same dude. It could be a, it could be a different dude, but he's looking just like the same guy. Wow. Okay. Well, I, no, I need to rewatch that. Okay. Yeah, he's his daughter. But remember, Rick says a fake scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he came up with that in his head to, to trick the guy who the was trying to brainwash him. Right. I get the feeling that dies. That might be real. But here's my theory. Remember the other Rick? We met. Yes. That is, I feel that is our Rick. That is why you can remember it. Oh. And he's the one who sent the bomb to kill. Take. I feel that is our Rick person. That is my theory. Right, right, right. That, so that Rick, remember that Rick was so he had like a kind of bad point in his life. He get real psycho and nihilistic. No? Yes, yes, yes. And he said, he said like, oh well, you gonna reject my my thing to the infinite Rick? All right, fuck you. I gonna destroy your family, kind of thing. No. Mm-hmm. That's why I get the feeling that happened there. And then that Rick eventually get sent to the simple Rick factory because he have the most emotion now because remember the whole point of emotion and having the best memories now yeah so he, and to make the to make the simple Rick candy bar taste better now for other Ricks apparently mm-hmm. it's the same chemical or whatever it is they synthesize now yeah. uh, that is my working theory yeah one but, one, but one thing I, I love that a show like this could could create theories for one thing but secondly I just love the detail in these shorts though like yeah. 22 yeah. minutes like you, you, you basically you basically end up in the middle of, of everything now you know because yeah. they are short films right yeah. but 
they feel so detailed and like you want to know more about each story now, you know from the yeah. training day stuff to the factory stuff you want to know more now. even the government stuff which yeah. I was like another shit problem, I want to know more about this they did was remember well a lot of people think how the um the trench coat Rick that trench coat Rick is probably a fake now right he's not a real Rick he's a compromised Rick by, by the Martina because he has the question first question this is the big question I asked wait if it's a Rick why is he giving the information to Morty he's a Rick he could just come out with the information himself yeah exactly why not Mm-hmm. That is a compromise, Rick. So you do that just to set up the Morty to make him shoot him. I will. I gonna get a little too deep in this, but probably too much. He he shake his hand, and Morty try to shoot him with his left hand. But Morty is not a left-handed Morty. Most Mortys are right-handed. Remember the fat Morty say, "I thought I was the only left-handed Morty." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So he shoot him and missed the shot intentionally. I pick up on that. It's like, wait, he's not left-handed. Why? Okay. But as because the nature of the show, the show does make your brain, you know, look for details now. Yeah. And I was just like, oh shit, he shoot the shot, he called the President Morty, no, you don't fuck it up now. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't fuck up the shot, he would get shoot. And because they take any record, Morty, the only way to really die in this world is to like blow up or something. Like you had to be completely shattered and turned into meat now. But if you get injured, yeah, because it's Ricks and Rick have all this technology and it's a certain other Ricks, you get shoot in your chest, yeah, you can survive that relatively easy. Even if survive the shot, even if he got shot in his heart. Yeah, what if he got shot in the head though? That's <laughs> the thing, he's only probably getting shot in the head and your whole mm. head had to blow up now. Yeah. You notice that everybody who's died is die completely, yeah? Like headshot, blow up, head blow up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real good some totally stuff, but yeah. Into yeah. something like what happened to the weird old man Rick in the slums now. Mm. Same thing now. Um, yeah. the, the, what is boy? Big Morty. That was the, the crime boss kind of guy. Yes. He got shot in his head. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the cop Morty got shot in his head as well. Stuff like that. That's about it. But yeah. if he got shot in his heart, no, he can survive. He survived. Yeah. <laughs> um... Right, so one last thing I just want to say, though. Um, I love the dialogue in this. I love the dialogue. So much memorable lines, though. Like, Mermaid Puss! And uh, what one of the Mortys in this time, I mean, Sketch said, how oh, uh, he wishes that it says poor because more mainstream. Just saying that for a friend, you know? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> like, he just says so fast, though. It's like, oh shit, he said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I thought, I thought whether they would do with that because somebody did a Photoshop online, but I thought whether they would do. Remember, all of them, all the Mortys are Jessica's? I thought one of them oh, would yeah, yeah. some other. So yeah, that hint. They kind of link it back now. That is a joke they cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, I find the cop Morty was the funniest because it was like a total, again, it really feel like Trinidad Day a lot. So it did, yeah, yeah real yeah, dark. They do, it like, they do it like that. Black, and they do the race thing, the race dynamics good. Of course, um, yeah. Other jokes. Um, anybody, you know, I don't know if you know a presidential candidate, the rent is too damn high. Um, no, no. Okay, so look up a guy, the rent is too damn high. It's a, it's a guy, um, G, uh, something McMillan, I forget, Jimmy McMillan, I think is the guy's name. And he, he, he's a guy who just keep talking about the rent is too damn high. So every presidential election, he just get fame, and he said the rent is too damn high. It had one of the ricks who looked just like that guy. Okay. And I noticed that immediately because of how his beard is cut now. You have a really strange, very unique head style now. And they cut, the, <laughs> they had the rick look like just like that guy, which was hilarious. Right. That was a funny bit. Um, uh, and, there, and there was also the Willy Wonka rick. That's, a, that's why I call it the Willy Wonka Rick. That was referencing the, the whole Simple Rick's thing. Yes. Um, and then they did the, the whole arc with Simple Rick. Well, the same Simple Rick dead now. He just gets sent to the Blender Dimension. That was mm. kind of fucked up. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. And then they just repeat the arc by having him have the good memories of him taking over and taking the Gena job now. And he all enjoyed himself. And then yeah. he just shoot him in the back of his head and then take the memories. That was brutal. That was brutal. That um, was brutal. And, and last but certainly not least, though, I love the end in the post credit yes. scene where... 
our, well the Rick and Morty that we we were introduced to come back from the from right. from Rick Lantis. And I love how they just set it up so simple, eh? yeah. so subtle. Where yeah, they had fun, they had the best time in their lives, but um, their their friendship, their relationship. Is yeah. it gonna last? We don't know. Based well, off of what we saw, yeah, it might it might end horribly. You know, we don't know. Right. No, the, the way how they did it is that well, it's, you say well, well, wonder what happened to the Citadel. It's like all well, those people will never affect us. And it's like no. Firstly, he knows where you are. Yes. Morty now knows where these people are. They know which dimension they're in. Clearly, um, that was pretty badass. All of they should have known from before anyway. And because since Rick tried to destroy the Citadel. Remember, um, they lose a lot of records and information and stuff now. Maybe delete a bunch of shit. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one. And then because the the Galactic Senate, well, not the Galactic Galactic government, gone through as well. Um, they a lot of things in chaos right now. So President Morty just take advantage of all of that shit and making it work now. And they do any, they're really doing the whole fascism arc really, really well. Right. Um, quite well because you mentioned that whole thing about um, the time for action now. One time you hear somebody saying time for action. Like some, like some fascism shit you can't, you're gonna get in the pipeline mm-hmm. um, and I, I look I'm really really excited for this most likely we won't see this sort itself out until season 4 um, or, although I think the finale is supposed to be referencing it so I'm not sure where they're gonna go with that yeah but, but I really, uh, but really yeah. can't wait to see what they do with the last three episodes for this season because this one yeah, yeah, might yeah. go uh, I expecting this, this to be good yeah they're wrapping it up soon yeah um, yeah yeah this was pretty good I'm, I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty I don't like it as much as other animated shows but it's really really well done and I was enjoying it because, of that. as I say, it's it's a blunter version of Futurama. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But they give it a decent and really solid arc, and they're making it work. Um, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Episode. And I love the ambitiousness of this episode, though. So I hope right. that we see. I don't think they, I don't think they might ever top this episode in the future. But right. who knows? We'll see. Yeah, um, it's an easy top five for me in terms of record. Oh hell yes, hell hell yeah. yes. Alright, um, and finally, before we get to actual reviews, um, we have to say rest in peace to the incomparable harry dean stanton um yes. we got the news um friday that um yeah. he, he passed away at the age of 91 of natural right. causes um and for me though like you know there were there were there were numerous films that he was in um some of them that i saw years ago some that i yeah. haven't checked out some i i saw years but you know just need to rewatch. so case in point um he was in the godfather part two he was yes. in alien great yeah. um performance in alien uh, yeah. Repo Man, one of my favorite um, 80s yeah. cult films. Um, Paris, Texas, which is one I need that's, to that, see. Yeah. You know? Paris, Texas is a movie I didn't, I didn't expect to enjoy so much because I was just running through. I remember just sitting down and watching through a catalog of films with him himself. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and watch Paris, Texas. It's a movie I always wanted to see. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. I didn't expect it to be so good. Right, that, uh, that is one I, need, I really need to watch because I yeah, started it. watching oh, it and I was like, all right, this kind of boring, but that was years ago. Sorry. Yeah, so. no, it had a, a brutal speech in it, Jared, where he was talking to a stripper. Right. Brutal. Goddamn brutal. Well, yeah. it's like a call deal kind of thing. But you'll, you'll see it when you see it. You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. Um, he also uh, had a, a little, you know, blink and you miss it cameo in um, the Avengers. Yes. And son, you got a condition. Yeah. Um, he was. Really well done, like. Yeah, he also was in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. He wasn't in the series. Yes. He, he, his, his character was in that particular movie. And he was also in the season three, which I reviewed in the last episode. Yeah. Um, I was so surprised to see him there, by the way. I forgot to mention it in the last review. But right. yeah, I thought that his, uh, well, I mean, he was old there, you know, but just seeing him back in the acting game again, you know, was, was pretty amazing, you know? Right. Yeah. And even David Lynch himself, you know, put out a, a tweet, you know, more or less um, acknowledging his, um, his life and, you know, his contribution to film, you know, and that was really, really admirable, you know? Yeah, so uh, with that being said, though, yeah, man, 
Harry Dean Stanton, rest in peace. Your movies, your your performances will will live on, man. Right, right. So now we'll go back to to YouTube in a in a bit. Well, in a way sense. Um, so I know about you, Ricardo, but I've been hearing about this guy, this rapper boy, this Florida this Florida rapper, XXX Tentacion rapper. Just seeing right. this name so, all over the place, man. You know. Everything, huh? Um, I have no idea who this dude is. Um, I've seen his name. <laughs> I don't know what songs he have, and I know all I know is that he apparently was involved in some criminal something. Right. Well, from what I I I have heard from him, right? Um, his real name is um Jassy Onfroy. If I get the name if I pronounce the name wrong, forgive me. Right. He's only nineteen years old. Um, he got into some very hot water, like a lot of controversy. Um, stemming from the you know sexual abuse um, to his girlfriend with his pregnant girlfriend at the time and Pitchfork put out an article about the stuff that he did some very graphic stuff you know like there was this one instance where he beat her where he punched her so high in the face like you know both her eyes swelled she, could, she couldn't even see you know and just all these graphic tales you know, just yeah, stuff that he was going here's through here's my thing here's my problem I right? don't know who this guy is before this all right. This, okay. This guy was popular before this. Well, here's the thing. Like, it's not like Bobby Shmurda or something. No, no, no. Well, that, yeah. Well, good point. Good point. Good There's point. Like one, two songs that real hot, and you, you know, he hands all over the place, and then he do some bullshit, and you, you kind of, okay, you understand why that. Or even somebody as big as Chris Brown, because this this fella does song like he he going into Chris Brown school of kickboxing. Now, so you know. <laughs> right. Well. Um, well. Right, well, right. well. What's What's interesting about him is that um. He started off in SoundCloud, basically. So he had a song that he released um, uh, December 31st, 2015, called Look At Me. We'll get to that Look At Me thing in a bit, right? And that just took this particular beat that a lot of rappers rapped on. And um, I know Lil Dicky rapped this song where he's talking about um, his side effects of smoking marijuana on it. You know, it's this real common beat that they, they took a sample from this, um, this EDM song, I think. This... That you've heard it a lots of times now, but he, the way the beat is is like real, like the volume is like way up now, it's like real tuned up kind of stuff now. And he just basically rapping is really shallow, really you know hedonistic lyrics, all that kind of stuff. But what kind of put him into the the spotlight, you know? Um, well, this year actually. Right. Is when our boy Drake actually put out a song on his More Life um, mixtape hybrid, oh. whatever. And real people like in the first two bars now, people was like, "Wait, now you you stole that flow from uh, from from X." Okay. And Drake was like, "No, I didn't do it, blah blah blah." You know, you know him already, you know. So you know, people was real making out Drake for that now, right? But yeah, so X basically brought out that song, and he also brought out Riot, right? Which I'll oh. talk about as well too. And those songs real blew up and stuff and you know he was making it big really in the you know online and the internet scene but right. then you know with the whole controversy surrounding you know the abuse and all that kind of stuff and he was arrested at the time when drake brought out that track by the way so people was just like oh how drake could do that man behind bars all that kind of stuff now you know so he uh so you know x was taking shots at drake and i remember offset from migos took shots at him and you know all kind of madness right but basically x is out of jail now um, he signed on to a label just based off of the success off of um, that Look At Me song, right? Right. And then he, he actually brought out an album um, last month called Seventeen. I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but I hear it was kind of mixed. It got like mixed reviews. And then again, anytime I really wasn't concentrating on him, I was always, I was just always seeing his name pop up so many times. But I was just like, 
I, I really don't know this guy. A lot of young rappers coming out, you know. So it's just hard for me to keep up. And like right now, I'm trying to catch up on so much albums right now, you know. So when you tell me, oh, I should listen to this guy X, is like, well, why exactly, you know? And then this video came out by this a few days ago, right after my birthday, man. Um, for look at me, right? Now the thing is, I didn't even know about it until I saw some reaction reviews, um, reaction videos. It because there's lots of reaction videos for it right now on YouTube, right? So he is a guy who likes to say bait. He likes to bait people, right? So he would. So like basically in the video itself, it it, it for, for, from um the the impression that we got here for with the intro for Look at Me now, because the beat starts and you see this kind of real trippy kind of immature video. We're like, all right, that's right up his alley because you know it's all this kind of hedonistic stuff anyway. It's this thing right. involving him and um, getting this dildo and slapping a teacher about with it. You know, it's like real shallow stuff. It's like, all right, okay, well maybe you're trying to go for this kind of weird humor. Okay, it's been done before, you know, whatever. And then suddenly the video just stops and we get uh, another song from him called Riot. Now the thing is with Riot now, Riot, the the full track itself is like about is is under two minutes long now. But the video itself, the video for Look At Me is like five minutes long. Like about five and a half right. minutes long, right? So the song starts, right? And then we get we, we get the shot of um of X and two other fellas hanging from a tree. And I read up online that apparently he put up like um footage of him doing that same scene on Instagram. And people freaked out at it because, you know, the whole issue with suicide now in 2017. All that kind of stuff. So to show yourself hanging, you know, it will piss people off now for obvious reasons, right? Right. right, so we and then the beat starts. This is the first time I'm hearing right when I saw the video. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this whole 90s boom bap beat, okay. But you know, before the beat even starts, you're showing clips of like, um, like these, um, uh, more or less, um, uh, reenactions of like Emmett Till's death. We see reenactions of like, um, you know, um, this one particular guy, I forgot his name, um, it's in the video who was um, pulled over by the police and like when he was about to reach for his wallet you know they fired shots well the police fired shots at him that kind of stuff there so you, you know from there of course he's talking about you know um, violence against blacks and all that kind of stuff going fine loving the beat I see the whole juxtaposition all that kind of stuff um, but in between that in between the, the, the song itself I see in this fella and he's he has like two kids with him one kid is white and he's dressed in black and the next kid is black dressed in white it's like, alright, okay. I don't know where you're getting at here. Alright, let me just see where the video goes. Then suddenly the video just stops. But this is right after we see this close-up of, of, um, of X now. And like, when I watch it again, to me, what I saw now. Because this is right after this part where you're seeing this reenactment of a riot. Like, um, you know, based off of, you know, um, police violence. Uh, violence against, um, you know, black youth now, right? So from there now you're seeing X's reaction as like alright again the again the sense that okay this is not this is not doing anything we riot injured but people just not getting the message right? so what do I do? What do I do? Then if the song just stops and we see like um the same guy with the two kids and it like he's on the stage and like in this this building, right? Right. And the guy leaves and then X comes and talks to the to the white kid, then talks to the black kid, and all of them walk and you're seeing this noose hanging down. And he essentially puts the noose over the white kid's neck, goes over to the right side of the stage and pulls, right? 
and if you look like at the 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 edge of these the um the, the frame you're seeing like this audience you, you, you can't really determine how big the audience is but they're all in silhouette so you don't know what's going on and you always make sure to cut so you don't see the kid literally hanging there you know it always cuts like by as soon as the camera reaches his neck now so yes the kid is is hung he's dead and then it just ends with x on his phone doing this speech i'll talk about that speech um in a bit basically reading it off of his phone and you know this is one of the things that you know just true people you know made people throw hit up his fits and stuff where essentially yes he's talking about you know racial warfare you know violence and all that kind of stuff against blacks and you know but yes this is not just a black issue it's a white issue but then he kind of goes on to say that yes they are supremacists in america and okay if you want to remain a supremacist you could go along and live your lives and be supremacist but at the same time you can't go through life being afraid of the 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 other race you know because in itself that will cause your children to just grow up with that hate and it'll become natural for them so you know he's kind of saying well don't be afraid of the other race because no race is superior at the end of the day i was like all right okay but i know you saw the the, the, the video right so i just want to hear your thoughts from it just from a technical perspective what do you think about the the video or what it is he's trying to say or if it did anything to you at all i really what i just noticed that the part of the cop car thing but i was like where's i i didn't go into it with any again i still don't know what makes this guy popular that's my problem now so i don't know yeah. what what um mean you know anything i suppose yeah. to do i I, this, I think the whole popularity just stems from the the stuff that he's accused of the stuff they got arrested for yeah again but apart again, from that I he's just, just your basic just, average young rapper in my opinion like pathology kind of argument i still don't get what make him so popular as a person other than he just beat up your girlfriend which a lot of guys do yeah and something with still, like gun possession again, and stuff big, like yeah. okay if you have to tell me tell me what's the, the meaning behind a, a, a video like humble or something i know that because kendrick lamar is already an established artist yes right and it have a bunch of references to photography and all this that and the other right and filmmaking and whatnot of so, course yeah but i still look at what makes this extension for important anybody can explain that to me I, I i wish i could but you know i barely know anything about him to be honest i i Actually, just like now I, discovering I, I, this guy that is the mystery i kind of figure out now why it is that this man blow up on the internet with a certain news article or something and he didn't do nothing yeah and it's not like his album do anything like on the billboard or whatever i, I doubt as they it say, as they say he the, the only the only claim to fame is that drake ripped him off which, yeah all right exactly. drake, we know we know drake is a kakashi of, of rappers fine but I don't get what that make that make him popular somehow good point very good point yeah the yeah they do right they no, bike rappers all the time yeah they always do okay that. whatever yeah but the... all right so so my thing about the, the video itself right because i i i can't in good conscience knock him down because like for me though like what what i wanted to do initially because i was aware of the video i wanted to listen to the project itself because that's how i i normally approach like new music right new artists new videos I listen to the album, I listen to the particular track, and if I like the track or I hate the track, I look at the video itself and say, okay, so this is what the, the song, this is what the song is, uh, this is what he's trying to convey through the song, you know? It could be a great song, it could be a shit song, whatever it is, right? So, but this is like the first time where I just kind of jump in and I was just like, all right, well, I need to see what the big controversy is about, what the big hype is. And to be honest, when I saw the whole hanging scene thing, 
I just kind of fake shocked. I was just like, oh, is that the most, sh is that the thing that everybody's freaked out at? Wow. It didn't shock me, you know. To be honest, no, it didn't shock is me. Is it? How popular is the video online? <sighs> right. So this thing currently has over 10 million views, Jed. How? What and this thing came you? out on the 12th, eh? On the 12th of this month. Okay, this okay. I had to do some research into the shenanigans because I call it shenanigans on this. Yeah, now no one. Is that rapper? He's so popular. Before? That's, no, that's the thing. Like, okay, people love look at me because it's a real hype track and whatever. Okay, fine, but it's not like I hear this guy on the radio. It's not like he's some the next hottest thing out there. Like, no. He does. He, he did like what a, lo a lot of rappers doing nowadays. Well, new, new upcoming rappers. Sorry use online platforms to get their music out there fine so right. it's not the first time it has been done you know but i don't know this is the one issue that, that i had with the video matthew, right you know matthew i, I get the feeling we're in a principal skinner moment of you know am i am i completely out of touch or is it or no the children are wrong right so i'm not sure i get the feeling that either one or two things either is some artificial inflated online bullshit which is possible or this have some weird thing going on and he, he we just completely clueless about the popularity of this dude and he's probably really popular and we just don't know right no 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 yeah but but here, here, here's here's my my thoughts on on that right good thing that they touch on that it's like if you if you scroll through if you scroll down all the all the comments is either is like split in half some people praise this video some people's like wow yes somebody's speaking out against racial profiling and violence and all that kind of stuff but then you have other people saying, yeah, this video is a piece of shit. It's pretentious. No, no. It's all garbage. That, all of that is fine. Yeah. Though. Here's the thing. Anybody can make a, a video about um, racial profile or anything political, whatever. Beyonce did it. Right? Yes. She had, a base, she had a baseball bat and was dancing in a car, in a police car in the water. Yes. And everybody said that's... And it was so clever. Right. Yeah. So whatever. clever. Right. The point is, right, Jay-Z did it. So, but the thing is, these are already established people. Here's my question. What exactly is extensions claim to fame for the making that popular because the man is has been in the news constantly yes he has so I, I wondered where the hell where that coming from yeah that that, that that warrants all of this information because see him on facebook i see him on twitter people talking about him he has like yeah but why is man so popular exactly you know I, if, if yeah. it's kendrick lamar in the same scenario i could totally understand it very well established artist if it's somebody like future get it drake get it you know about that low artist like say Bobby Schmidt who I kind of get because he had a couple decent songs. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? I, I, it's like saying Lanze. Okay, I don't know if you know who Lanze is because you, you you probably shouldn't Google him, but he's like this really coonery type rapper out right now doing trap music. He's the laziest bullshit. Like it's, it's way worse than Bobby Schmidt videos somehow. Right. Anyway, but, it's, like but, him, it's like if he gets a violent thing and then the news covering this guy all of a sudden. But yeah, yeah. Why exactly this this, this extension fella so popular? But dude, it, dude, even dude. If you tell me twenty one savage, get into thing I can understand. Because yeah, because we at least we, we we know about it. We heard about it. We heard some right. tracks from him. But yeah, you're you're right. You're right. But dude, this is the funny thing, actually. I like like speaking parallel universe. You know, and I, I like speaking as a hip hop head, right? Yeah. Just a couple days afterwards, Jed, I got this shocking news. It's not really shocking, but like when you think about it, right? Remember that Gil, that white Gil, Daniel Brigoli, you know the one who was on Doctor Phil. Right. You do cash me outside. Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah. She get a record deal with Atlantic right, Records, and I'm right, like, yeah, what? Yeah. I totally understand why she <laughs> would be 
to have a claim to fame somewhat because she was on Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil is a very popular show. Right, and she have a song out called These Hoes. Called... Whatever. Yeah, the, point yeah. is, the point is, at least I can understand the fame that she have. Yes. Get it. Even somebody like Designer could understand. Yeah, Who totally agree. Yeah. Song. Yeah, pan and yes, pe- that is it. beating that song down to the ground now. But right. you, you are right. You are absolutely right. This is the one main thing that one, one of the main issues that I have with this video now. Like, okay, I, I, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to come off as some kind of protective parent and be like, well, you shouldn't listen to him. Look at all these things that he's done to his girlfriend, all that kind of stuff. That's an easy argument. That's an easy argument. Like, why listen to him? If you know these issues affect him okay fine i get that but i can't help but look at this video dread and be like yeah you just using shock value to just get attention that's all there is, all to is it. Fine, but that's all there is to it. Video, i saw the video as well the video not that shocking that's it but no 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 but 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 yes but no here's the thing right okay it's not shocking to us we get that but the thing is, you're trying to make a serious point. We, we, I, like, I understand what he's trying to say, Dredd. But smarter rappers, like, say, a Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, even right down to Tupac, you know, they won't have to rely on that kind of imagery to sell their point. Now. The least they would have just do is just show them hanging, you know, um, hanging off the tree. Cause look, Tupac did it for his final album where... He, they had a painting of him crucifying her, but you know the the, the talk was, you know, is how the media crucified him. You know, one minute they have, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. There's a meaning to it, but clearly, these images in the video is just there to just, to just, you know, shock the viewer. But then, unfortunately, now this is where this is the the, the the where the video backfires to me. More people, they say, how you just keep asking yourself what makes his, this guy a big deal. You more yeah. studying about him and why he make this video and why these images are there and why he hang this child as opposed to what the message of the video is. Now, I'll get to the speech now in a bit, right? Right. Now, I find this, this kind of dis, um, dis, dis, um, disingenuous demeanor where, okay, you, you have a message, right? You're talking to the viewer, but yet you are reading the, the, the notes of your phone. Why didn't you just have some cue cards off screen and you just looking directly into the camera so you talking to everyone? It's almost like, all right, I just talking to white people here, white supremacists here. I kind of don't want to watch you. I kind of don't want to watch you at. So here's what, just, just listen to me. Listen to me read off from my phone. It gets awkward when you look at it now. You just seen him, his eyes glued to the phone and every once in a while, he would just look into the, the camera and just be like, okay, well, you get what I'm saying is about Emmett Till, right? Yeah, okay. And then you just get back to what he reading. And it sounds like he's reading, literally reading there instead of just seeing this messenger. And to me, that just, like, you know, imagine that now. Imagine somebody's telling you some facts now, but the person's reading it off of their phone. How that, that going to look like to you, Ricardo? It's not going to look weird. Yeah, no. But yeah, not, it's not going to look, you know, it, it doesn't look genuine to, to me, me now. To me, it have to have a, a ticket. To me, it have a, you need to have a ticket of entry now. And I still don't get what make this man we're talking about exactly though. I, I agree, I it agree. Is, but because it's, it's a kind of circular reasoning now. Yeah. It's like, well, because he did this thing, but yeah, but why I care about this thing he did? Well, because he was doing this thing from before, and that's why he talk about this other thing. But it's like, no, you have a starting point, sorry. Yeah. Not exactly the starting point for this man. And what makes, yeah, and what makes things even more? worse, though? What makes things even worse, though? I'll round things up around here. Is that this is his first music video, man. Like, we don't have anything to... To start you off with, except this one song that you had on SoundCloud and you put it out and everybody loves. 
there's right. no there's no starting point here so here you come in and like this revolutionary you know all of a sudden like yes i know more you know this guy this guy is like the paris hilton or rap he does <laughs> you know and like you had to stop now to tell us that yes racism is wrong and all that kind of stuff like bro we know this shit come with a better argument come with some facts shit do just show shock value stuff for the sake of shock value like what you had to show a white kid again again i'm hang to tell me that yes racism affects everyone not just blacks come on we know that but that's present like, a better like, argument no. like no, go into facts again, it, yeah. it have so many other artists talking about more important shit and this stuff too but again nothing about the video that's shocking and you still need to answer the question of what exactly is this guy claim to feel you're right you're right and trust me I'm that, sorry, that's gonna affect them you address that here, though. <laughs> yeah you're right people, people and it have so many crazy thing people it are really people a lot of people talking about this man yeah like, but there's most like fans of him it's just fans of the look at me video like you know the fans are not gonna call all of them stupid but some of them just so dumb right they're not even yeah. gonna talk about hey you put a video for one of my favorite songs and you stop it even before the first verse ends and you go you, you hang a white kid okay what the hell is that you don't even do that it's just like right. oh my god x is so smart how he baited us and how he taught us all this stuff about racism and you know white supremacy and all that kind of stuff he is so amazing how why the man just beat all the purpose right? you know like i get the whole team of okay well you're smacking the teacher or can the teacher that teach it all you what all they need to know about life i get that okay fine but still was there a need for it now was there a need to do that for one thing no but right. if, if both songs are short you could have the song as is and then jump into the riot afterwards no oh and i forgot to mention the awkward editing in this so like yes <laughs> um look at me going good and then it just stops and then the song starts then it just stops and then the whole hanging scene you're hearing like the the ambience of like the air conditioning unit inside the room and it i kind of it gives it a kind of creepy vibe at the same time it's like real unprofessional like yo you're, you're you're trying to build up to something and we hear this humming in the background like come on that's sloppy and then right down to the end where you just stay like talking it's like come on this like real haphazard kind of editing and shooting and like come on you really come on come on that's it it's a debut video man come on but all in all though i mean we could kind of talk and probably go nowhere about this but to me i felt that the video didn't really do anything to me i felt that there was no need for it to be quote-unquote shocking i mean you know like you're trying to set yourself up like one way you know the media portray you one way your fans look at you something else and now you want to come off like this revolutionary and oh this is like the most intelligent mm. video out there and it's gonna be so smart not really it, it kind of just feels right you know and that scene it had to do with his with his with his um, rap sheet has nothing to do with that i just think it's just the his creative decision you know what he's trying to I, say and how I, he's I'm trying still, to say it that's all as i say i'm still confused as to why you know why um, about yeah i i well all i just say though in just in closing i think you know at the end of the day i think that this thing will just blow over very quickly people are gonna forget about this people are gonna look back and be like why we exactly we we react to this or why it is we praise this video so no, much this, this, this was is, just this is a weird who cares, thing. Really? again it's it's a lot of well for lack of a better term witchcraft going on in the sense that it's just shenanigans and just a fake controversy just a totally ginned up controversy but again i don't know who this guy is yeah what exactly 
So we need to answer this question before we move on, you know. <laughs> you know? But we talk it, about it, this man for... Yeah, we talked about it so long. We, we, we did, we did. But it just really amazing, Dredd, that you have to use this to get people to talk about you, Dredd. You have to use this kind of method. Come on. That's all I have to say. So moving along, I right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. So moving along. Now we're finally going to get to legit reviews now. So we're going to start things off. Since we were talking about hip hop, uh, we're right. going to talk about a show that um, has probably one of the most awesome hip hop soundtracks of heard in a TV show this year, hands down. Insecure Season 2. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is once again created by Issa Rae. Um, uh, and co- Larry co- co-created by a uh, uh, person I really really like Larry Wilmore yeah Larry Wilmore um, what did he do again I'm, I'm, I know he mentioned well, it last Larry time Wilmore, but well, Larry Wilmore uh, mostly known for this general comedy writing throughout his career um, most recently uh, most recently he um, did the nightly show and that got cancelled um, on Comedy Central, it was alright. I, I understand why it got cancelled, even though I, I still don't think it's a show that got a fair shake, frankly. Um, but it's he himself has known for basically being behind the scenes with a lot of great black entertainment. Right. Um, did a show called a really controversial show called the PJs back in the day. Why do you remember um, the PJs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fox. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Was it was Fox? No, I I always assume it was a CW show. Okay, used to show yeah. on CW, but I think it's um. I think yeah. Fox did create that. I can't remember, but I know it was a Eddie Murphy production, yada 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 thing, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, with season two, I'll just kind of run through um, this what it's about basically. Um, starts well, just a while from where um, the previous season ended, where um, Issa and yeah, Issa and Lawrence's relationship pretty oh, much no. ended on a on a really bad note, uh, with with him basically leaving her and going off with this um with one of his um old friends old girlfriends you could say um so here now she just decides you know what well i just gotta you know just adopt this you know the modern way of 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 dating now i'm just gonna find random guys on tinder and you know just play around with them and just see which one sticks to you know um so while that's going on um her friend molly um, still dealing with um, you know still dealing with relationship stuff as well too um, there's this one guy that she hooks up with who um, we, we learn is actually married though so so his wife actually encourages him to be more open yes. with women so there's this you know arc going on with and all that kind of stuff you never here's the thing you never actually hear her say that him. right that? yeah he says that she, yeah they're working together but you never she never talked to her about it him. so that's gonna come up yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So he, yes, exactly. Yeah, he's the one who's just always talking about it, but she's like, well, okay, well. Bleh. Yeah, exactly. She yeah. accepted it, but my point is that she, you never hear her say it. He say that she say it, you know. You just have it secondhand, you know. So that that bring it up a little red flag right there. Yeah. However. Um. Also, um, Yilan Noel, who played Daniel King, he's this um this hip hop producer. He shows back yeah. up again, and yeah, him and Issa who were together at a point in time, they do have this kind of on-again, off-again relationship. So, basically, season two kind of just goes deeper into the whole world of dating and sex and relationships and all that kind of stuff. More emphasis on sex, by the way. I must say that. Um, so, it's just basically Issa and Molly and to extent Lawrence kind of going back and forth, just kind of navigating their way through love and stuff like that. It's not really so much 
like how season one was where it was more about them just trying to you know find a part in life now you know find a nice job find a nice you know companion and all that kind of stuff here's more about you know who is my partner am i gonna stay true to this partner or should i just go you know cheat behind this person's back and all that kind of stuff right and basically in a nutshell that's what season two is about so what were your thoughts on season two that's the starting right, so this only thing i hated again molly's arc i absolutely hated this season uh, I not, hate not it how it ended, but right, not, yeah, not that it's not that it's done badly, but two things, couple things. A, I, I just hated her bad decisions. Most yeah. In universe hate, in universe hate, not like it badly done. Um, because she she has two good men in her life, and it's such a dumb cliche that they just decide to go with the dumb cliche, which is well, she have two good men in her life, but she ignored them for this other thing that she's supposed to do at the end, and she's not supposed to embrace that, and I hated that. Um, because she had Sylvan K. Brown, I didn't know you was making a cameo in the season. I was like, yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. all right, cool. So bad, him at the end. He just after the the wedding or the re- what is the second wedding or whatever it is, uh-huh. what parents was gonna do. After that, it ended. They never mentioned for the whole season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, to that. Um, then the other the kind of the tech boyfriend who's the other lawyer, no? Right. The tech boyfriend is the other lawyer again. He. He good for she better for her than this dude but whatever yeah but once again and yeah you're, you're right though because even in season one we guess we we do as it is established that yeah molly um yeah she she kind of just don't know how to pick the right men though you know to yeah. her it's just always about sex is always about um you know that 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 feeling you know and all that kind of stuff but you know when as as soon as um as that person kind of you know drops the ball you know she you know the insecurity you know really comes up from inside hence the title um we, we also do see with Issa, of course right but you know yes. here, here of course it's just you know a commitment about you know will this is this guy the right guy for me um and then we learn just a little bit about her, her parents as well too they they went through um you know uh, infidelity you know they they had a little um, issue with infidelity years ago and then, you know she's hearing that for the first time and that just you know true so often you know and then right. once again kind of makes a doubt if this person that she's with is the one for her she should stay with him and all that kind of stuff um as for isa um i thought that her character arc was was decent i i like the fact that uh, she got back with danielle though because i i did like the chemistry between the two in the right. um the previous season I, there was I one moment that 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 happens between the two of them and yeah, i think isa. that is like that's like the hard r version uh, moment and how she reacts it though is just like wait really yeah. What? Isa wap moment. Isa wap. She yeah. Isa wap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like, but, but this is one thing that that I I, I actually f- um praise the show for. Why I do find yeah. it's interesting, and I'll relate this to music. It's you know um our culture, you know, well modern culture, you know how sex is looked at. You know, on the one hand, it's like well it's part of empowerment. You know, you know you you this is your body. You choose to be who you want to be with, and right. I have control. You feel that you have um, control now, especially as a woman. You know, but right. on the flip side, now you know as a man, and then especially with the hip hop culture, it's always about yeah, I have so much sexual prowess in bed and all that kind of stuff. Right, so it's right. always about trying to prove yourself sexually to this person, but then you know. If you feel as if you can't do the job properly, then it's like, well, oh, well, no wonder she didn't stick with you, you know? So you always had to go out your way and be macho and all that kind of stuff. And I saw that through Daniel's act, you know? It felt like, you know, even though he's not a rapper per se, he still has to, uh, he still has to kind of come off like, 
yeah, I'm the tough guy, you know, you know, that kind of thing. I'm buff and I can do this. So when that particular moment happens, it's like, well, yeah, this is kind of like what all black guys dream of, you know, all men in general. But the outcome of it is like, wait, no, but you kind of asked for this, though. So what going on? How you could say I disrespected you? I I treated you like a slut because you did because this happened by accident. Um, we also saw that with um Lawrence's character as well too. You know him trying to be the you know the the the. I don't want to call him the nice guy, but being there right. for Issa, you know, no, and how that Lawrence, turned out bad. Lawrence, you know? Lawrence has been a complete shitbag, in my opinion, for this season. Yeah, like, yeah, so I would say that much. He does make opinion, real bad opinion, decisions, though. He yeah, will make bad, no, bad for decisions. Me, for me, for me, fuck Lawrence. Seriously. <laughs> no, but, but you saw his character really change, like, get darker in the last right. couple of episodes of season one. It was like, well, hatred, like, you no, really all that, all that cool, neither you... You like uh, real quick to bash Issa for right. what she doing, but look no, no, at you there. Absolutely hated, absolutely hated what you did with the bank manager, Gil. That yeah, yeah. That pissed me off. That was one. Yeah, and, uh, and look how then, and look how that ended. By the way, look how look right. how that ended. Yeah, and she, yeah. That was pissing me off. Then he was then he did the, the, the whole thing with um. Well, it had a whole a, a really funny sequence, which was kind of dark on its own way, but it it, it worked. Where where he met these two white girls. Yes, yes, yes. That I was, was like, wow, yeah, it was funny. It was it was real sexy, right. by the way. But it, it was worked. like, yeah. but how it ended though was was pretty funny. It was like, um... yeah, but it was dark in its own way of, of you know he enjoyed himself, but not really. And he was right by the um the apartment <laughs> right after. Yeah, yeah, was, exactly, yeah. Right, that was um the the overall the season. I, I thought this work again. It was just kind of the the whole bad decisions melting down. And I like that they, they address a couple things in overall social commentary stuff. Yeah, um, yes. one of the big ones was they had this great subplot with. Um, well, Issa, remember, she's working at the care center, mm-hmm. and principal, who's black, was like just well, more or less being outright racist against the Hispanic. Yeah, people. he just didn't want Latino. He didn't want to help out um Latinos for some right. reason. Every time they, they ask him, well, why, he just keeps laughing, <laughs> whatever. Right. And as he's yeah, brushing it off, and it's implied that you know because they're Mexican, because they're this, and they, they possibly because they're illegal. Yeah, immigrants and, and that's He make a Trump joke and all of that stuff. So that bring up a whole a whole headache now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it split up Issa and she friends. And then they did a great. They, did, they had it blow back against Isa in the end when Isa decided to isolate the Hispanic students for the sake of that, and that could end up messing up Isa in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it would be a big deal, but apparently it is. Um, so they, they made a issue that so you could tell that was reasonably well researched. And then they started touching upon which is probably going to be a issue next season, um, gentrification. Yeah. Um, so they started talking about you know people calling Inglewood Iwood, <laughs> for example. Oh, yeah. And then they talk about little stores getting closed down over time you're starting to see places getting replaced they're gonna have a whole plaza little, little subversive stuff going down and yeah. then her, her rent going up yes 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 that's true that's a big thing too. i like that address that um what else um uh, oh yeah my boy the the the, the blood neighbor dread he, he shows back up right, again he, make, yeah, he, he has a few he has a few great here. moments not too much right. though but i felt i could have yeah. seen more of the uh more from him well um, yeah it was fine it was a fine enough bit because they had a great great joke at the end with him um with the <laughs> with the arty daughter where you want oh yeah, yeah. um Issa's friends show back up again um the oh gosh the the the, the um uh i don't want to call it the i'll call it the bougie one yeah the bougie one is back uh you know we see the husband and um right. uh this one the the, the real the, the 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 fat one she's back as well too the really yeah. loud one are like a character too um what else though was um yeah but you know, this was a this was a decent season. I would say it's much more 
heavy on sex compared to the to the first season yeah so not too much sex scenes but there are quite a, a, a large amount in this one though in particular like you know it's real real taking advantage here with the second season right. um the final episode in particular i I, I i yeah i liked how it played out because was, you saw it from like four different um i think it's yeah. three, you know, yeah, the, three the, different uh, characters the, which is lawrence yeah two days of a character so lawrence molly and Issa. Um, and I'll get to to to, um, to soundtrack here. The song that they play during the marathon scene that is um, Tyler the Creator's "Boredom," which is right. from his Flower Boy album, which I would say one time is one of my favorite albums of 2017. It will make it to the top five. I call it now, and I love how they use it there. And you know, in particular, I love the soundtrack for this entire season. We hear a lot of um of West Coast artists, so we hear Vin Staples. Um, I'm not sure if G.I.D., he's a new rapper in the scene. I'm not sure if he's from the West Coast, but I heard one of his songs. Um, I heard well, one of my, my, my top 10 from last year, No Worries, which is um, Anderson Pack and Knowledge, you know, um, Scared Money. That's the name of it. I right. love that song. Um, and yeah, there's just so much great songs, great hip-hop songs throughout the entirety of this, you know. Um, and I, I really felt that they added a lot to um you know to the to the tone to the feel of you know not just the location of, of los angeles but just you know the you know just the life you know the the life of these african-american characters i thought they would perfectly yeah. um but i also like how they you know once again how they touch on sexuality in today's world and you know essentially like how today's music kind of hypes it up now you know where it's yeah. like dating you know you have to do this you have to have a girlfriend you have to be sexually active you have to do all these things because that's right. what the uh, media yeah, portrays they're, they're, because again another thing that kind of pissed me off again women not picking the men that well it, again for my audience yeah, yeah be, be, no, but well, let's be honest. Because we're men, we oh, well, we would say that, but you know, but, but women would be like, yeah, I could kind of. The women right. would, would would understand this thing perfectly, but right. first guys is like, like, yeah, why are they making all these dumb decisions, though? Yeah, so Molly Molly makes you choosing the wrong men, in my opinion. And then uh, Issa too, like she had the, the kind of well, I don't sure what race he was or he's Hispanic, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think he was he was a Spanish guy. That that right. one particular right. guy. Right, so he's here. Spanish. He was Spanish, not right. um, Hispanic. He was Spanish, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. from Spain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh yeah and yeah I thought that was something I didn't he didn't want she didn't want him because of the the um because she she wanted sex I was like you're serious yeah you're fucking serious it's like, uh, like but you know that that's it that's the thing though and and you know it's it's easy for us to say well you know why don't you just pick the nice guy like um not, like with Molly at the very end of the final right. episode it's like why did you pick him he's nice yeah yeah it's such a dumb cliche no? You know, that's my problem. It's such a dumb cliche. It's like, why? That didn't make any sense. And yeah. It, it, about character standpoint, it felt a little contrived, especially Molly's arc, because Molly get real angry when she find out, um, she found out that she turned she mother years ago. Like, yeah. you don't find this out apparently. Right, okay. but but you're still and with I, this guy doing this when you know that you know. No, what yeah. I'm trying to say, she, but that that set her off, and that's that's the reason why she was apparently making bad decisions. In terms of settling down, because she kind of afraid of commitment. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the point. Yeah. But it felt a little contrived. It's like, well, she not more mature than that. She shouldn't she like? Not yeah. Um, but the mother get over it. Mm -hmm. She didn't know apparently for years. And like, wait, how she didn't know for years how, because he, the siblings knew, and apparently the siblings knew casually. So what did that, yeah. that information not come out? You know. Uh, right. That doesn't make much sense. Either. Yeah, but that's the one thing that I really do like about and the show here. Down, eh? Yeah. Um, especially with the second season here, is that these characters are still likable they are still right. relatable they are complex 
So yes, they could go into you know your traditional cliches and you know yes, Molly will get the nice guy in the end, and you well, know Molly. um 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 Issa will hook up with Lawrence in the end because right. it's all about love, man. But it's not like that. That's not how the world works. Right. But at the same time, you know, and it's not just because we're guys, but we can look at it and be like, well, you know, you were bitching about this before, so why are you doing the same thing? You know what to fill a void inside of you? Why you know? Right. Like that, you're supposed I, I, to be I, I, smarter I, than that, man. That's the thing. I find it didn't make much sense in terms of giving that 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 um character motivation. I just didn't. It felt a little again contrived to me. Whatever. Yeah. Um, again, Lawrence had another subplot which was I liked as well, which was he thought he get through with his proposal because he was talking about this thing he was doing from since season one. Yeah, this this app, app that he wanted to do. Yeah. Right. App is it just fell flat and it made sense because so much time passed. Right. Um, you know, you got ideas since thing. You're working on it since then. But the problem is that you know the, the tech, especially the tech world, is moved so fast. That your idea that would be a kind of good idea just dated by now, now. Yeah. Because because things building up and things that seem like a utility, you just have to catch it early now. Right. Catch it early. So even if it's a decent idea, then it wasn't interesting. And then them don't tell him nothing now. Yeah. And and, and how uh-huh. and how is his 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 peers, his teammates, whoever like was like, kind of telling him you know he he wouldn't know their opinion now. So like those two right. white guys, that was yeah, brutal. Just like way boy. Like, I can't believe like you all do that though. Like serious? Yeah, a lot of people die like a big it's really insidious. It's kinda of the, the, the you know the bigotry of small lower expectations. Right? It's like, oh well, you know, play in this place, but you'll be just telling you you're doing good even though we're not telling you the truth because yeah, it's a is a is a kinda I I don't know what to call it, I just call it not constructive criticism, but it's like the opposite. That is that. far from constructive the, criticism. Yeah, right. destructive I don't know. It's it's uh, more like passive criticism. Right. Well, you're not coming out and telling them what's not, wrong, but yeah, what well, keep it to yourself. It's not criticism at all because it's not even telling him anything wrong. <clears> with him. You're not saying what's wrong. It's, exactly. I don't know, it's, it's destructive uh, accreditation. I don't know what to call it. A compliments. Is a is a bad compliment now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Com- I, I, I think like, compliments is right, right with you. It's the exact opposite of, it, of constructive criticism. You're right. Constructive criticism is yeah, you're being firm and a little harsh, but you're at least the person you're giving them space to improve, to genuinely improve. This is the exact opposite. Um, you're not you're being nice to them all the time, and you're not telling them what's genuinely wrong, and you just tell them it'll be okay, which is like actually really bad advice and bad, like kind of destructive in my opinion, bad to them. Yeah. Uh, they did that really well. I thought that was clever and well done. Um, and then he had a little girlfriend on the side, which the the birthday party that was brutal. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 That was brutal. And then the ending finale with uh, with Issa do this little she little, little imaginary she's going she little imaginary worlds, but this one is just goddamn heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, that was brutal too. Well, I want, you know, on the subject of the whole going into her own world, um, I like how they do more of those mirror scenes where she yeah. doing like these little, in, you That's know, these little, um, more like little freestyles because there, yeah. there was more rapping there instead of just her talking, just, you know, yeah. monologuing. I, I thought it was really cool as well. No? So it continues from the whole Broken Pussy um, arc from, yeah, the yeah, first, yeah, yeah. from the first season. Yeah. Um, overall, I would say that um, this was like a slight improvement over the, 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 the first one like right. you know um, this one actually gets a little bit more heavy in terms of right. you know sex and sexuality there so you're getting a lot more sex a little bit more um, sex scenes ladies so yeah more shots of guys asses if you like that kind of stuff women right. you know you like that um, I know it was brave to for, you know for a show like this to tackle that especially in today's world especially you know with African American women and stuff like that um, yeah. But character motivations and bad decisions aside, I do I still do love these characters. Well, most of yeah. them actually. Um, I know you hate Lawrence. I yeah, it's like 
all right, I, I kind of rooted for you, Lawrence. You're kind of coming <laughs> up like the underdog, but still, still, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like what he did with that team, um, bang, tell the lady. Yes, right. that pissed me off, Jordan. Yeah, like, boy, oh, like, fuck you, bruh, man. come on, yeah, come bruh. on, man. Yeah, bruh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this, this clearly is for women, you know, women will love, uh, yeah, let, it, it's you know, but there's, there's still enough for guys, you know, like us to watch and be like, all right, yes, this is, this is true, I understand no, no, this, I, I can relate to this somehow, right, yeah. It, once you do it mature, once you have mature writing, you make it work. And I'll say it's much better made than season one. Season one was a little rough around the edges, um, in terms of editing and how it used to pace all the episodes and whatever. Yeah, season yeah, one, you're right. They they get everything right <coughs> with the pacing and how episodes should be sh- constructed. Um, it's it, they, you know they really feel from a production standpoint, it hit its full stride. Mm-hmm. But some of the character motivations had me a little off. Um, but it, it still made sense. It wasn't like something that totally out of left field and was real retarded or anything like that. You're right, but you're it's right, still right. like, really? That yeah, I, I know, Molly's I know. Are. Especially Molly's art. Yeah. Um, um, and I still like, I still right. love the dialogue. I still love how well written it is, how real right. it is. Yeah, it yes. does feel like real characters and that's why you buy into them. That's why you care for them. Even though they do make bad decisions, you know, most times you still do care for these characters. Yeah. Right. Um uh, so yeah, we'll... yeah so I for me one? Yeah, well what's your rating? Right. Okay, um well well for me I would give this a strong three and a half out of five stars. Right. Definitely give this one a look. Um of course rewatch or if you if you haven't seen season one, watch it. If you Yeah or uh, or if you have seen it I recommend re-watching it because there are certain teams from season 1 that do carry over well enough in season 2 and you know if you enjoy the first one then yeah you're gonna have a blast with this one here yeah uh, for me yeah this one I get this one actually 8 out of 10 pretty high um, I'd still slightly prefer season 1 over this because it just works from a human standpoint better and it's just mostly because it catch you off guard in terms of how the world building was now. I didn't yes. expect it to be that good. Yeah. Um, that's why season one worked much more for me. But since I kind of acc- acclimated to the situation, I'm like, all right, cool. Um, we'll make it work. Right. And uh, this one, this one adds, again, mostly because some certain character motivations thrown off a little bit. Not that much. They should have resolved a couple things better. Um, still get 8 out of 10. Still really good. Uh, this is excellent season two. Um, and Issa Rae blowing up now. She's we had a couple girls, so congrats. Well yeah, yeah, congrats. Uh, yeah, uh, so some pics of her looking fine as yeah, ever, in my fine. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she have a future. Love yes, it. she does. Um, yes. So looking forward to season three next year. Yes. Um, so hopefully all these Game of Thrones fans will be like, oh wait, there's a show called Insecure. What? Right. <gasps> I should watch this now. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. So moving along from Insecure to BoJack Horseman season four. Yeah. So, uh, you just want to fill us in on what season four of Bojack Horseman is about. Right. So, Bojack is probably kind of recovering from his lowest point with his best friend dying from an overdose. Yes. From season three. Um, he kind of goes off, off the, off of the, um, off the farm or whatever, off the, off the range. If you're, if you're, yeah. You're, you're I, I, think, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Going off the range. If you're using off, off the, off the farm or whatever, you have to, just to carry the animal slash horse analogy. A little further, mm-hmm. and he kind of just went off off grid essentially. Um, then, so a bunch of weird shit going on. Mr. Peanut Butter going off, <laughs> going off for politics. Yeah, and um, just so random how he get it, <laughs> because it's, 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 it's Mr. Peanut Butter. He just so ridiculously naive. So it's like, right. yeah. 
And then they, they basically just do a great talk with um there's a bunch of shit going on. Um then they introduce a new woman, a new female character who's related to Bojack, who it's in, it's well it's you think it's his daughter? Yeah. Like, good to think it's his daughter and you're meeting Bojack. And then they, they just run through the arc for it. Um that's it. Just well they have to see this right. And then well they they get into some it's not so much about Bojack, but yes, the kind of the, the genetic origins of Bojack. Yeah, and, you know why? Why? Why is he so messed up? Why is he right. so and narcissistic? And, and they covered that really, really well in this season. Yes, and, they did. They did. Right, and then they just cover general bad decision making. They cover some scenarios about why shit could go to go to hell in terms of you know dumb people taking over from smart people, <laughs> and you know why. Yeah. Um, was, also, was, uh, just just a mention as well to um, we do get. Well, the the relationship between um Diane and Mr. Peter Butter is explored further, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah I actually like what they did here because you know at that point I was telling myself, okay, how long is she gonna put up with this guy shit, with this dog shit? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also this little um uh subplot with um Princess Carolyn, uh, yes. who try to get so. back into the game, and you know essentially she she gets this project literally handed to her, so it's like well. Okay, I need Bojack back, you know, but where is he, you know? And now he's now she's trying to persuade him to be involved in this project. That's all right. I'll say. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that, that that's the thing. Everything like in terms of the darkness of the show, um, it's not as dark as the last couple of seasons. I, I agree, and to me, that's but, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But it had a couple, but it had a couple moments that get pretty goddamn dark, in my opinion. Um, oh the Princess Carolyn episode of, of Flash into the Future. Yeah, pretty damn dark. <laughs> it was. Then, it was. Bojack's mom. Holy yeah, shit. what we learn about her because at first it's yeah. like, alright, she's just your generic annoying, um, you know, elderly mother. But then when you get that backstory, when you learn about it, it's like, well, that makes sense. That is why Bojack is so messed up. You know, it's that cycle, you know. And it's the, it, it, goes, it goes even beyond that. You see her parents, you know. I like how they introduce the parents early on into the season. Right. In those uh, really creative uh, flashbacks, flash forwards. I thought that was done very, very, very well. Though. Right. And then they did, well, they did, again, backstory. And then they did, um, and they learned who the, who, the, who the person in Bojack's life came in, how important she is and who she is. Yeah. With Bojack's, with, with the, when you learn about Bojack's mom. And yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and in quite a nice way, she did impact um, uh, Bojack's life in right. better, you know? This is one yeah. thing I really, really loved this, about yeah, this one season. It, it felt, this one felt like a healing season. Not not outright redemption, but a step into the light. Yes. You know, not, as, not as bad, you know, as you have to use the old Dark Knight line, you know, it's darkest before the dawn stuff, you know, right? Yeah. Um, and and I, I felt it worked here. I felt it was earned, like... Yeah. There was no need for, for, for Bojack's life to go so deeper into the abyss you know, right. from what happened last that, season. You know, was, there was, was no other way to go but up. I was actually surprised because I really thought he was like he was gonna go really dark with it now. Yeah. Uh, because remember he, he saw those horses running. I thought he was gonna join those guys or something. Yeah, but and, he he doesn't. That's that's all he'll right. say. He doesn't. And that's they just right. They stop it and it started back and we follow we solve follow our workable narrative. Uh by the way, this season is probably one of the funniest seasons in my opinion. Uh because they have a lot of great dialogue. Oh uh, boy, they do. Yeah, like, they do. There's little, little dumb jokes. Little jump, dumb side plot jokes. Like if yeah. you feel look up, and you could do a little research. Like, uh, remember, uh, uh, what's, what's this character's name, boy? Todd. Right. Todd has an arc, and it's it's if you follow what's going on, it's an it's an A A A B B B C C C D D D E F F F. Little shit like that, now. Yeah. Or like Princess Carolyn have little dumb lines, like her just saying these long running sentences of alliteration. Right. 
Oh yes, 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 yes. No, no, why? Because because there's this one actress, right? Yeah, it's it's so Courtney something. I can't remember her name. Yeah, right. So it's like they try to find the right rule. Sorry, the right movie for. So they all kind of rhyming with 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 me. That was cool. Oh, like news reports, like, um, yeah. of course, like the star, those kind of magazines, like those kind of things. Right. So, they so, like have rhyming headlines now. So, yes, like yes, with, yes. With Michael right. Jackson, Michael Jackson's a classic example. You know, Jacko goes wacko, you know, so and so. And it, yeah. Stuff like right. that. Co- Courtney uh, Portnoy. That was, that's, right, that's a Courtney name. Portnoy, right. Yeah. That she has a hoi um, And I love, I love, boy toy. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> the act that they do with. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spoil it, but it does involve Todd. Uh, what's yes. gameplay by Aaron Paul. I love the. The mistaken movie that she was in and how because of school shootings, just shootings right. all all over the country, yeah. they had to kind of you know yeah. um, and had, they, chop up the film basically. Yeah, that joke. Oh my god, they do a pumped up kicks joke, dread. That catch him off guard. I like are you serious? This? Because I don't know like, anybody. That song was real popular a few years back. Pumped up kicks. Right. And it, the whole song is about a school shooting. So he was like, he just put in his popped up kicks and he said, well, he had to sell sneakers. I'm like, oh, oh yes, I remember that, that, that part, that though. It's fucking serious, though. That was funny as hell, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. Um, the, the yeah, it's, it's those moments where you had to kind of pause and see yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that was always um, part of the humor. I was just, I just shaking my head and cracking up because I was so goddamn dumb that joke is. Yeah. But it worked. And then, um, oh, another great um, cameo is um, Andrew Borough from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> okay. He plays, he plays the, the governor, I think. Oh, that, oh he was your uh, governor. Okay, okay. I knew yeah. I knew that voice from somewhere. Um, yeah. I love that with that one sequence, the underground episode. Yes. I love that episode. Love that, love that, episode. that was so how, goddamn how, funny. Jessica Biel and Zach Braff's bit is so goddamn funny. Yeah, with Jessica Biel for governor, though. <laughs> you know? and and let's, let's worship fire. Fire is yeah, our god fire, now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, Peter Butter's ex wife. Well, it's both ex-wives actually, but the, the other ex-wife, the real brutal wonder. Yes. She the real cold one. She was brutal too. Eh? She had oh some real goddamn, um, like real stappy, stappy lines too. She had a uh, this boy your future difficult Japanese question. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I think it was in, in episode one or somewhere during the the, the rally, something like that. Well, um, but one thing that I like do with on the subject of Peter Butter though, just not just how awkwardly he ended up in this race against the governor to yeah, become yeah, governor like here, but yeah. uh, it's how Diane kind of treated it, no, how she had to kind of deal with it. So, you know, it just kind of, I wouldn't spoil how it ends though, but you know, I was always kind of wondered like how she could put up with this guy's naivety, the, his ridiculous right. sister, no, you know? That's the thing with Peter Butter, he's a character who, he's not as dumb as you make it out to be kind of, but he's a character who fails upward. That's the thing with him, yeah. and it because he is a he's emblematic of the moral hazard of Hollywood, in my opinion. He he's a person that just so like he's a perfect example of everything wrong with the system. Yeah. He's the embodiment of that because he he constantly fails upwards, yeah. constantly, and nothing ever really goes wrong for him personally. Like almost never, he just nice and he happens to be charismatic, and he don't see all the bullshit going on around him. It doesn't matter, kind of doesn't matter because none of it ever affects him. Yeah. He just could be happy go lucky, and shit could work for him. While Bojack is the exact opposite now, now, where he constantly aware, self-aware of it, of things going on, constantly aware of the shit that could go wrong with people, and everything that's sinking to the lowest lows now. Yeah. Um, um, and, but and they keep doing our contract on since season one, right? That is a great contrast. Now this time it kind of flipped. Right. Where now, 
peanut butter and, and Diane kind of on the rocks now. There's yeah. a tr- trouble where they get stuck in between Hawaii, which is a hilarious bit on its own. Oh, yes, it is. The highway to Hawaii is so yeah. goddamn stupid, but it makes perfect sense that, uh, at least within the thematic context of the show. Of course, because <laughs> it's, it's we live in, a, in, in that right. world, is Hollywood, right? But so. I think, when it, if you like, you know the actual like government situation of, of um, California, dumb bullshit like that could happen mm-hmm. not, I mean, not, not something as practical um, in ex, of extreme like that but you have a, a, a sort of scenarios where things just because of the nature of the government ship and how people who in charge engage in sh- sh- shenanigans undermining the process now so they kind of undermine the system because of the shit now like uh, uh, peanut butter ex-wife she's like the worst because she's constantly stoking fire in the worst way now yeah yeah, and uh, that is what make it work. It's like, they just do the whole moral failings of the system in that way, you know. And mm. they were like, kind of emblematic of Trump a little bit, you know, the, the whole, yeah, yeah, just believe the charismatic guy over the, the intelligent person. Even though the intelligent person fail, uh, have a lot of big moral failings, they actually prefer this guy over them. And the people who just make the choice, no matter what, you now. That is the whole yeah. point. They, so uh, they, they cover that, I think. Especially Branjo Bro's character. Branjo Bro is a douchebag. He's a person that they don't like him, but sometimes he had to be the villain. Oh! Oh, are you? Uh, yeah. Do you have to be the villain? Are you saying you are a villain? That kind of take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person because of emotions over logic, they make right. that work perfect in this season. Yeah, like that whole failure of reason to address emotions properly, now. Um, and you know how the disaster could go on from there. I love that whole thing. They mm-hmm. made that work. Love um, it. before, well, you know, we we, we forget the mean the mean man, or should say the mean horse. Um, Bojack Horseman now Will Annette right. once again shines as Bojack um, yeah. I loved his character arc here I loved how yeah. kind of self-aware he is now yeah. there's even this like these few sequences where it seems like you know this kind of hand-drawn kind of animation style so it's like right, okay right, right. Um, you're a piece of yeah. shit like you know you should do this yeah. oh yeah yeah right, yeah. Um, the, 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 I should kill my mom you're a piece of shit you know I, I like yeah, those yeah, moments those were Trump, great yeah, yeah. Um, then they did yeah again well we had to talk about Bojack's mom so they do two episodes kind of about Bojack's mom um, you get to see Jibozak's grandmother. Yes. What happened to her? Just pretty goddamn disturbing. Oh, and they boy, had a yeah. Line, they had a line that was funny, but really dark at the same time. She said, I have half a mind. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. And she just stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, I have half a mind. And then she just stopped the line. It's like, oh, shit, that real bad, though. Yeah, yeah. And no, then, but, um, but does the arc with that grandmother and then, right, you know, the how, how the, how the mother with, with, was right, affected, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, they do with the arc with, with Bojack's mom being young. And, and the grandfather do. Oh my God, boy! Right. Like and Jesus, then, way. <laughs> yeah. Then, then they make the the narrative of uh, Bojack's mother growing up and her life playing out with Bojack. Yeah. And how why she get better over time. How she was really nice and idyllic. And yeah, then, and it's uh, you know the relationship between Bojack's mom and dad. That was so nice, sir. But yeah, then exactly. later on, boy, it's like it. But it it feels like real and like logical. Yeah. Like no, of they course, it had to turn out like that. Yeah. No, they they get into the psychology of of motherhood really really well yeah. like how, how motherhood could get pathological really you know fast and the of, argument that they were having yeah it's so it, it's real you know yeah it is exactly it, how that relationship would have would have played out i right. love that and yeah. but they made they made that working out in its own way um and then you really you find out um her, her demons what happened to her mother and then you find out oh shit what happened what's going on with bojack and yeah she keep mentioning a woman's name the entire time yeah uh, you see how relevant that was later nice mm-hmm. yeah love yeah it. Uh, they make that work and then the ending I thought I was like nah boy Bojack you can't do this because when you find out what Bojack's mom did to well the character we found out what going on with that and you're not sure who was involved and why the, well, the character gets sick she could have died it's a possibility yeah and yeah. Bojack was going to do something to his mother and then you find out what well, the mother went through and it's like nah boy Bojack you can't I mean the mother's shitty 
but she don't deserve that. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And that was really, really. That is when the show hit the tilt uh, for me this season. It was really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then the finale was nice, and it had a nice. Yeah, season. yeah. Like, uh, well, yeah. I was about to say thing. Yeah, I'm same thing too. It ended on a on a on a light note, now, and I I love yeah. that. It was like you know compared to last season, which was just so heavy. This was yeah. like yeah, there is hope for our our hero. You know, for yes. our favorite horse. Yeah. So well, um. Lovely yeah, but you know, for me, I I don't know if we're gonna get uh. Well, I know we're gonna get that next season, but I don't know if that's the last one. But I think uh, that yeah, this should end at the fifth one, at, at the last right. season here. It's a show that kind of had a wrap up. I can't see it going on again. It, the, the nature of the show is like, now nah, it's too much. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, it might end on a happy note, but it has yeah. to end at some point in time. So I'm yeah. just hoping that, you know, it does turn out to be memorable. Uh, because, yeah. yeah, he is probably one of the most captivated characters I've seen on TV in a long while, yeah, you know? I, for me, for me, this show is—it's surprising how good the show got. I mean, season two in particular was like goddamn amazing for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. But I, I didn't expect this to get so good. And well, this season, as I say, this season didn't surprise me as much. But it's mostly because I, I know what to expect walking in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still good. It's still really, really well done. Still funny. Still a lot of great lines. Of I course, I know of the the, the self-referential humor always yeah. lands, always works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so I get this one. I get this one. I eight out of ten as well. Um, not as good as season two. Season two is still the apex of the season for me. Um, about as good as season three, but for different reasons. And I really enjoy this one. And yeah, how about the same score? All right. Um, my my own is the same as well. I give this a light four to five stars. Not as emotionally heavy as the last season, but you know, it still has its great moments. And of course, the humor is always on point um, for the majority of of the show, I should say. Uh, but yeah. The, the, the characters are still well fleshed out. It's still it's still this bizarre loony world, but you know it has these characters that you can't help but you know feel sorry for, you know like and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you loved, you know Bojack Horseman so far, give this one a look. If you haven't checked it out, uh, by all means give it a look though. But just prepare to have some I don't know tissue nearby <laughs> because yeah this this is gonna play with your emotions quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Alright, yeah, so in closing, now we're going to get to our first and only movie review. And it's for a movie yeah. that I was excited about ever yeah. since I heard the announcement that they were actually going to make this. Right. It's... I, 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 was, I was hyped for this for myself from the first trailer. When I saw that first trailer, I was like, alright, this is looking pretty good. Yes. Um, and yeah, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to use using the word it as a pun because that's it's going to be a clown car of puns. Yes. So that's going to be puns and puns and puns because of the word it and yeah i'm gonna say it and it wait it's it the proper noun or it the noun what what and we just, it's, as i say it's gonna be a clung car we're gonna we're gonna be down to clung with these <laughs> yeah. puns and going downtown to clown okay you know yeah i uh, so, yeah I, I was about to say okay I, if, I if i forget you gonna have to keep it you gotta keep this whole pun thing in mind anyway yeah, it's, so it's not that funny no, it's not. <laughs> it's not that funny. Yeah, we're gonna. Okay, so as I say, it's gonna be a recursive matrioska loop of um, puns down the line. But yeah, um, how you thought this movie was? Yeah. All right. So before we jump into the movie, we have to talk about the movie that started all. And um, um, I actually what did a video review of it. Um, I I'll put a link for it below here. Um, I did it for my was a scene um series where i talked about the 1990 miniseries it but before we get yeah. to that there was the 1986 novel of the same name which um 
And here's the thing, like I would confess never something. Read. I've never read a Stephen King never novel. The only thing I know, the only thing I know about that movie is they have a there's a really weird child orgy in it because the main you mean book. Have a orgy. in the book, yeah, yeah, they have an orgy and because they have an orgy because they had to solve because being a virgin was important to the causality of this world apparently. So they had to oh. stop being virgin. So they yeah, yeah, I, I heard, I heard some that weird shit about right. that. I didn't know the full details, but okay. okay. So that's right. It. And then, well, and then the book, the book explains the overarching universe of Stephen King's, I don't know, multiverse, megaverse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and which um, the Dark Tower like tried to right. touch on. Because from what I understand, I think either all of his books or most of his books are essentially connected. Um. Uh, from what I understand, so right. if the Dark Tower is connected to it, that means it is connected to. Uh, we call it with the Dreamcatcher, I think. You know, I I forgot about Dreamcatcher. The yeah, first part I didn't care for that movie. Miss, um, Miss The Shining well. is connected as well. I Shining know that for well, sure. Yeah. Shining, yeah. the Mist. Yeah, all of it is just yeah, this, the Mist. Basically. Yes, definitely the Mist. Mist, you're right. So it's just this universe of evil monsters, like a dark dimension, essentially. I I don't know the actual words. I don't remember. Apparently, there's a giant space turtle. Yes, that's a thing. Camera. <laughs> Yeah, it, it weird. It's just this big world of a good good versus light, and everything is multiverse this and multiverse that and mega versus this. Whatever. Yeah. And of course, because because, because with the amount of books that man is right, read, has written, sorry, yeah, he had to connect them somehow, right? Well, it it kind of makes sense. It, right? it was the eighties, so his quarter was drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. And he um the world building, if you care about it, is kind of decent in its own way, even though a lot of it is like cosmic dumbness. But all of it is kind of borderline Lovecraftian cosmic cosmic stuff. Right. And it a lot of it works. So the idea is that we humans can never really perceive this properly. And well, it is one of those. It is a monster that is, you're not sure what it is. Um, exactly. Hence why it's called it. Right. But right. the idea is that it's, it's a creature that beyond time and space and he's stuck on Earth and that is why you're doing what you're doing because you could only survive with this, that, or the other. Whatever yeah. it is, he have his own motivations. The book explains it in full detail. I never read the book, so I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, like like I said before, I I have never read a Stephen King book. Not because I never wanted to, it's just you know time and just you know yeah, at the time I, I just didn't care yeah, to read his stuff. I, I just more stuck with the movies, and right. they were kind of hit or miss for me. You know, they were you they were your classic adaptations like The Shining. I love. I think right. it's the best horror movie ever made, in my honest opinion. Um, of course, there was Shawshank Redemption, one of the best movies ever made. And then, of course, you have like Carrie and you know right. uh, Misery and all that kind of stuff. But then you had the the the, the so-sos like I I find Mist the Mist story it's a so-so. Like I I don't hate it. I still hate the ending. And then there were the misses, the ones that I just didn't care for. Dreamcatcher was one I didn't care for. Right. Um, Tina was one I didn't care for. Maximum Overdrive yeah. I didn't care oh, for. Yeah, he did Tina. Yeah, he did Tina. Right. Um and you know there was like sleepwalkers. The only thing I remember right. from sleepwalkers was the team that the Fujis used for Ready or Not. That's the only right. thing I remember from from, from sleepwalkers. Anything further that uh, I don't care for. Quick question: uh, Langoliers was a Stephen King story. Yes, yes, it was. Right, um, yeah. Which didn't is see a movie that. I love to hate, but it's so dumb. <laughs> okay, I did see the Tommy Knockers. I didn't see. I, I saw bits of Salem's Lot actually, but right. never saw the whole thing. But yeah, yeah, but um, 1990s it though the miniseries which I I yeah. covered, I was feared though like you know I I agree it's a product of its time. It does not hold up as much as all that. I was more like you know it's it's really because they care about the characters, which is why I kind of you know watch the film out and I don't say I wouldn't say that I hate the show. And of course Tim Curry kills it as Pennywise. He is awesome in that. Right. Uh, but still you know it's hard to watch this movie and then think. 
You know, back in the days when I was young, this movie scared me. And yes, I was one of the many people who was scared of that one scene with with it in the um in the sewer. You know, talking to, yeah, to that, Georgie. That's kind of the like that was like the one moment that just scared me. I never watched the movie. And then when I watched it recently, I was like, I was scared of this. Really, this was scary. Right. What? But that's, that was the only workable scene um it had uh for me. Uh, everything else I just don't remember liking at all all that much. I remember it being the you know really being hyped. Like, you know, yeah, it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah. It's not... and as a kid, especially in Trina, all my friends were like, boy, it's coming out tonight. I can't stay up till 11 or whatever. It is to go I avoided that show on, on so AVM. much. Yeah, EVM, EVM showed it. Yes, I'm glad you remember that. I avoided that show. No, I just saw that one shot of the of it in the, the show. I was like, nope. No, no, yeah. no, no. No, but I, I was like, all right, well, let me see it. No, here's the thing. I, I, no, I'm not a big horror person because for me, by then, I, my skeptic brain started kicking in at that point. So, like, for me, it's like, well, how come they don't do this? And why did they avoid that? And how did they call this person? And remember the whole point of it and, and most horror movies is that it's kind of a dream logic almost. No? It's, just yeah. a, it's just an implied or, or contrived helplessness that sets up. Right. Um, instead of like just doing something to solve the problem. And so, but you think it had other horror movies that I liked that was better than that. Um, so I remember seeing for the first time, before seeing that for the first time, I remember seeing Poltergeist. Ah, like about yeah. a couple months before. And I love Poltergeist. Pretty solid horror movie. Yes, it um, is. Directed by the lead great Toby Hooper, by the way. Right, yeah. Uh, one of the things with Poltergeist that I that really freaked me out was the, the part with the house in, you know, folding in. Yes, yes. That scene was um, great. Yeah, anyway, but so when I saw it, it at the end, I was like, yeah, well, this is real nonsense. Though I hated it. I was like, this is not that scary. <laughs> don't they have one scene that was kind of scary? That was the sewer scene. Yeah. That was it. Now, don't get me wrong. Eh? I really, really, really liked Tim Curry in this movie. But he was just so goddamn funny, Jed. I'm sorry. This is because he was he was playing the clown angle real hard, you know. So he just goes over the top of it, daddy. The 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. I just laugh at this guy. Though. So, um, I think that the effect that they were going for that you know clouds are scary and balloons are scary. So we have to show this in this TVPG kind of angle, though, you know. I I think does that hold up as much as all that? Unfortunately, though, um. I know I think it's just an issue with, with just adapting something like, you know, a book as long as uh, as it, you know. Because even Stephen King himself was like, well, I mean, he wasn't blown away by it, but he, he was impressed by the, he, he actually was impressed by the, the effort that he put into it. Because I imagine adapting something like this would be really hard. Which, now jumping into the 2017 film, is why I love the decision made here to split the whole story into two movies and right. not do the whole flashback thing that a lot of people hated in the, in, the, in the miniseries but actually give the movie its own story so yeah in this one here it well chapter one as it's called slight spoiler here we get to see the the, the beginning of the story so we get to see the uh the kids you know the losers club as you know as kids and then in the next one, which hopefully we'll get in the next couple of years, I keep my fingers crossed, we'll see them as adults. Right, yeah. Right. Uh, we're not sure, well, I'm not too clear on what's going on with the casting. But yeah, for me, the original, it wasn't that good. Um, didn't really work. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it's one of those shows I let slide because of the, the time, right. the year came right. out, all that big, jazz. Big, big, stupid stop motion spider at the end didn't work either. Oh, uh, gosh. That, that, yeah, yeah that, was, that was painful to watch, actually. It was kind of one of those, you know, sorry, it's a lot of books that we call, you know, it kind of puts itself in the unfilmable category, so it translated really poorly, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, 
with this new it, I you know I, again, do early not big horror puss, right? Again, because the problem with horror movies is that you need dream logic for it to work, right? Characters don't seem to solve problems the way it should be solving problems. Okay. Uh, so this one worked in a good way. Like it, they had some nice sequences. The only problem I had with this was it had a little, it a little too jump scary at times. Yeah, but but that uh, that's 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 the thing with today's horror movies. Though. I'll, I'll yeah. talk about that when I share my thoughts on on this film here. Right, and the issue is that um, my problem with the, a lot of this this film as well is that it just didn't pace as good as I wanted it to. So they did the standby B stuff, and then they got into the second half, which I thought would have picked up, but it just kind of was a little silly. And it didn't focus on what made the first it work, which was, well, the first it had, to me, one thing that did work was the whole imagination thing and the no fear stuff. Right. Um, you got this, it was kind of like Freddy Krueger, right? That's what they kind of did with this one. Um, yeah. It was kind of right. like that as well, because it was meant to be like a hodgepodge of like horror stuff originally, if I remember correctly. Um, so that's why it had the Wolfman and the Mummy and whatnot in it. And you mm. saw that in this film. Um, but. I thought they would have focused more on the whole imagination and fear thing. So you see how they could have used this imaginary thing to fight it. They didn't really do that. They only had one part with it. Right. With the, with the, with the cattle gun. That was about it. Um, because he didn't have the cattle gun arm, but it still worked. Right. Because his intention was to shoot him. But that didn't, that didn't come across particularly clearly to me. Um, another thing that was kind of off for me is like I didn't really follow why it is that he, at least in the setup, the logic in this world, why it is that the parents couldn't see what was going on. I couldn't follow that. Okay, okay. Uh, good, well, good point. I'll, I'll talk about that as well, too. Yeah, the whole question. Like, they had the whole scene with the blood. All of them could see the blood. Father didn't see the blood. Like, oh, uh, why? They didn't explain right. that or set that up properly. Now, I know I know from the original why that is the case. It have, and in the books, explain all of that. Right. But the movie didn't really convey that very well, in my opinion. At least I didn't notice it. No, uh, no. Well, well they, they didn't, right? Um, but yeah, uh, well, let me just run through the, the, the premise uh, quickly. So you know, in case you weren't familiar with the with the old film or the um the miniseries, um this story pretty much centers on um, seven kids. Um, uh, it's during the summer of uh, of nineteen eighty eight. So unlike the original film, sorry, the the so, the original book, which I believe was set in the mid um mid to late fifties, I think it is. Yeah. I have already book, but in the movie, well, the miniseries, sorry, is set in nineteen sixty. Right. Um, so yeah, so this one is in 1988 because the idea is that um, it or Pennywise the Dancing Clown as he's um, termed here shows up every 27 years, which is cool because now that the the um, well the the next movie will take place in the 2010s, which is great, you know, which makes sense though because look at um, the miniseries itself, part yeah, yeah. two, you know, set thing. in 1990. So you know you have to update it. You can't do the 90s thing now. It it, right. it won't make sense. It'll just be too much to do. But anyway, so it centers on these seven kids. Um, each one of them is um has their own personal demons to deal with. What is you know um being victim to bullying, or um you know child abuse. You know. Well, child abuse in the sense of you know what's um being implied. We don't really see it, but it's it's implied that there's some stuff going on there. Um, also you know overprotectiveness from parents and all that kind of stuff. We see that. Um, and these seven kids basically um form this this friendship. It's like they kind of like 
kind of run into each other. So there's always like about four of them already friends. Um, they they run into this girl Beverly. Um, you know she's going through some issues as well. They meet this um this black kid, and they also meet the the new kid on the block. And yes, they do make fun of um you know that boy band new kids okay. on the block, um yeah. the fat kid. Um, <laughs> and you know they all form this bond during the summer of um nineteen eighty nine. Sorry, well eighty eight is where the story begins, and this is where Bill right so his character is introduced he's the guy who stutters if you remember him from the old film he was that guy who had the, the yeah. stutter problem his brother georgie is the one that we know is the one who gets yeah, um gets killed in the beginning yeah and how they do the scene here compared yeah, to the original is so much well done yeah. so much visceral by the way and the way yeah. how it played out in the end of that particular sequence i didn't see coming i thought yeah. it was just gonna be you know, yeah. grab and then pull down. You know, like yeah. you see in yeah. in other horror films, but they do something a little bit more, more cr- um, clever with it. I love that. Um, so yeah, so Bill is is still burdened with the fact that he wasn't able to to, to save his brother because he always will always kind of try to be there for for his uh, his little brother. Though, you know, so uh, even his dad is still burdened by the fact that you know he couldn't save his son. So yeah, while he's having all these emotions, he does form you know friendships with you know. A couple other uh, guys around, you know, in this uh, particular town. It's a dairy main. Um, I forgot to, to mention that. So yeah, so they they meet the girl, they meet the fat kid, they meet the black boy, <laughs> the black kid. Sorry, uh, they basically have this bond. But you know, all of them also are being burned by this mysterious kind of demonic looking entity called Pennywise, the dancing clown. And for what we know is that it's just this entity that just assumes the form of this old clown that apparently just used to scare people back in the days or scare kids because yes, this creature um, essentially is preying on the fears of kids because it's just you know kids are scared of a lot of things there. and then even worse stuff when they try to talk to the parents or adults about it you know the the the, the adults themselves always kind of turn away from them you know um uh, so you know these seven characters have to deal with this demonic presence basically attacking them and assaulting them you know in many different uh very creepy very ingenious ways you know and essentially this is what this this movie is about uh but later on in the well in the sequel which like i said i hope we get to see in the next couple of years we see these characters grow up to be adults and yes they are being burned by this creature because like i said every 27 years this creature resurfaces so it's like them having to go back to Derry now to deal with this problem once again yeah. um so right off the bat uh yes this is way better than the original one it has to be there was a lot living up to it uh especially with the casting of uh bill skarsgård as a uh, pennywise the dancing clown i thought that he nailed the creepiness of pennywise perfectly like yes tim curry had the humor the over the top you know laughter and stuff like that but bill skarsgård too, as pennywise he was just so freaky so goddamn creepy in this one here uh, just that opening shot of him in the in the sewer talking to Georgie, like you know, a lot of people are taking notice of his eyes and how weird they look. I was just looking at the guy's teeth, boy. The guy yeah. smiled the way how he talk. He's like, "Hello, Georgie, I've got a balloon here for you." You know, it's just so you know, it borders on pedophilic at the same time, but it's just so creepy. And I thought that you know he nailed that perfectly. Um, 
and we do get some great moments from him you know where you think he's here but he's across so and you know it's how he he manifests himself though and i also like this particular moment where like he distorts he contorts his body sorry like i didn't expect that though like how he really utilizes the the creepy fact of you know how this character looks though you know it's not just on the face but it's how the body moves there's even this one shot where it seems like the head is stable while everything else like his body is dancing and it almost seems like this is kind of warp stabilizing effect going on so like his body seems to be moving on its own but the head is just stuck in one place i thought that was like a a great you know uh moment in terms of visual effects the visual effects i felt uh in this film were, were, were well done there's not yeah. too much of it though but when it's there it's used very well um, I also love the fact, but well, this is one thing that, that made it really stand out a lot, is that a majority of the scares take place during the daytime, you know, so you do get to see it or Pennywise do a lot of scary, creepy shit in daytime, and I thought that was well done. Um, the performances by the kids, though, you know, I know we could argue and say, well, you know, it's child actors, so you know they're not going to be Oscar winning, but I felt for the most part, I thought that they did a great job, you know, conveying these characters. Um, I also love the depth that was given to these characters as well. Now, you could argue that, you know, one or two characters don't get as much you know character depth as others and i'll believe that in terms of jesse pacing in this um uh, in this film because yeah this film clocks in for like about two hours um i think it's like two hours and ten minutes but because you're trying to tell all these different stories all these all these different character acts and all that kind of stuff i did feel at times that a couple of characters were kind of just pushing the wayside you know like they were introduced well enough in the in the first act but i felt like somewhere in the second arc you didn't really see too much of them and then it's like in the third act it's like oh yeah i forgot you you part of the group now okay right cool whatever um the adults themselves i i well the, the few that we do see um they do add to the whole creepy factor of it because yes they have to play oblivious to what it is doing and i thought that was cool now i do agree with you ricardo where you know they could have explained why the why the adults themselves were oblivious in the first place because they yeah. did see it in part two of the mini series they did hint at well this is one scene as to why the adults didn't do anything to help these kids out there but you know there's this one scene early on in the beginning where it's like well yeah you're 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 aware the stuff going on or are they not aware i don't know you know it's kind of weird um what else um pennywise's skill set was kind of weird as well because yes he is capable of doing a lot of things but you know because you're trying to build tension you want to build the whole creepy factor of the movie there's certain visual cues in the film there and you know, you kind of wonder what it does so it responsible for this but how you know if it is across there where he's hiding he's hiding in this old decrepit home so how is he able to manipulate this TV, for example, and have this show and have these characters talk about kill them all, kill them all? You know, it's really weird. It's almost like he has a spell over this entire town. But once again, you know, like like you said, maybe they should have explained that a little bit more. Maybe they might do it in the in the sequel. Who knows? But you know, here our let slide because it, you know it's trying to build this whole creepy vibe. There. But still, you know, for I guess for like people like us who want to, to who want. I wouldn't say we, we want to be spoon-fed all the information, you know, we want things to stay mysterious, but at the same time, when certain things happen, it's like, well, okay, how is this happening exactly, you know? And I don't know if you agree with me, but, you know, that that's my thoughts on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, this this works a lot uh, in terms of, again, just well-made 
Well done. I had a problem with the jump scares. A little too many jump scares in it. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about jump scares in a bit. Right, but it, it worked for the most part. The story and the arc work, and it, it kind of just leave as a story on its own. But then we know it's part one, and they have to do the part two. We'll see what it'll do with that. I'm not sure they're going to go with because it's like, wait, they had to make it now? All right, we'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, um, going to cast, whatever. Yeah, well, we all know that Bill Skarsgård is going to remain because, right. yeah, just off of his performance, although he's a horror icon right now. So, yeah, imagine the next couple of weeks, you know, leading up to Halloween, Real people are going to be coming in dressing up as, as Pennywise, you know, with the, with the uh, face paint and all that, all that stuff. Um, the jump scares, I do agree with you. There is a little too much of those. And they do border on generic. And this is coming from somebody who saw um, Animal Creation a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know, because it's a modern horror. It's a 2017 horror. So, yes, we have to have the moments of silence and then the jump scares hit. But one thing I do give credit yeah, uh, we'll have to give the, the film credit for is how they use the jump scares. It's not like your basic generic stuff where the scare happens and you know the, the the music shoots up just like that. You do get like a little bit like a little cue, you know, like somebody might say something, you might hear something move, and then the jump the jump scare hits, and then they just kind of build on it a little bit more, or they just kind of cut it right there. I like how they do that. It wasn't just like big burst of music and jump scare you know and, ah, i'm supposed to be scared of that you know they built these scares up uh quite well i i, I find but yeah i do agree with you um there are there is um uh over uh, over reliance i should say on jump scares um but you know because of it because once again because of the modern horror uh you know you kind of had a lead slider but still you know i did like how they used it uh, creative leader you know it wasn't and then sometimes though um, and this is what caught me off guard you know sometimes these scares do happen it's not like you know a big you know set of music that, that just shows up or just pops up just so you know they do work in some very great scares here I really have to praise the filmmakers for that um, so you know it's it's a breath of fresh air for me having seen quite a couple of uh, of horrors this year which you know and then horrors in general which always have to rely on the jump scare technique which you know both of us could, could agree is just really really played out you know what i mean yeah yeah love it you find so a little bit i i find it's just too played out but then again it, it depends on the subgenre so because this is like a haunted house kind of ghost story demon thing you know dream nightmare kind of stuff you know I, I i expected that right um the bullies in the film because you know kids and all that kind of stuff so we had to do the whole standby meeting we have to have the bullies um i thought that the bullies here of course were way more medicine than what we saw in the uh miniseries um they did feel very one-dimensional at times though you know because uh, it's all like you know the whole um uh, these and confused vibe they're like okay it's summer so all we're just gonna do is just drive around a car look for kids and just torment them that's all we do you know yeah. um but they, there was this moment where they touched on one of the bullies his name is henry i thought that moment was 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 great as well it came in a little too late in my opinion though like it came in um near the the end of the second act but you know i liked how it kind of built and um you know it built something up from there in terms of his character so i thought that was really cool um uh kind of expected to see the other bullies as well because I find that they just kind of concentrate on Henry all of a sudden as soon as that little moment takes place but still you know the bullies were there you know they are basic you know but in no way did they it didn't take me out of the film though you know uh, shockily enough uh, right. I thought that you write it what? 
The one thing that bothered me was um, they had a, a like a stone fight. Yeah, uh, good thing about somebody stone fight, but continue. Yeah, and I was like, wait, well, the stone fight is gonna come out of nowhere, and then the stones was like, did they look like really bad CG to you? Okay, I was more studying that. All right, these are very large stones that they trigger at people. That's so, like well, yeah, they that's tend to like real mean people here, though. But I wasn't right. looking at the CG there. Yeah, to me, I don't. I don't. The CG was kind of bad. I was like, wait, the stone almost went and hit somebody, so they had to CG it in. But yeah. it looked really bad. However, right, that, but that but that's my my thing. Cool, but that that just brings up one thing that took me out to the film, though. There are a couple of self-aware moments in the film. You know, uh, one scene in particular was involves this new kid on the block poster, and the the other scene is that uh, that that you know that rock fight, and you know it's almost like the director's kind of stopping. Uh, you know, well in that rock scene, the slight spoiler, there's a slow mo shot there. You could tell it's like, well, you know, we just kind of, you know, uh, we we just that's so much hype in WC. We just kind of. Uh, Stretch the scene out a little bit there, you know, heighten it a little bit more there. So it's a right. funny moment, but we're gonna make it even more funny and wink at the camera by having this slow mo shot and having this rock song play throughout it there, you know. So to me, this kind of took my audio film. It's always like the director saying, okay, well, yes, there was this rock fight that was in the original film and I guess in the book. So let me just kind of hype it up and, you know, heighten it to make it look like, yeah, this is our take on, you know, our 80s, you know, uh, rock scene or whatever, whatever you want to call it there, you know, that, that kind of thing that it felt like, you know, the, the, the film just kind of came out of itself and just kind of was like, you know, being self-aware there. And then with the, the, uh, the poster, with the new kids on the block stuff, you had to stop and, you know, have the song play in the background and then stop at Jesse right time, you know, to, to deliver the joke, you know, it was a little self-aware to me there. Um, one thing though that I was surprised though was the level of humor that was in the film. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, it really, you know, because yeah, they are kids, uh, there, you need those moments yeah. to, and you know, to cool them. Um, I think Finn, Finn Wolfhard was in. Who was uh, in? Uh, yeah, it was in Stranger Things. Yeah, he was yeah. the comic relief here. He was vulgar, you know, but not too vulgar. But you understand because you know it's kids, you know they're not they're not being supervised by parents twenty four seven. So yeah, you have to have that one character who wants to try to curse like a sailor, you know, but he just kind of comes off being like this this buffoon, you know. I love that character as well. I, I love how they they portray that. There are a few moments where the comedy kind of hits during scenes of you know tension and terror, especially in the third act. And because you know the characters, you're laughing along with them because yeah, they do have this kind of team park ride vibe in terms of how the scares are delivered, you know, especially the two act. But still, right. it's like, all right, I'm supposed to be scared here, but you have them a laugh. Come on, make up, a, make up your mind, please. Come on, you know. Um, right. And also too, I thought the music was was well done. There were a few cues that I was hearing from like the Shining. You know, if, if you listen closely, you might hear it, especially with uh, Pennywise's scenes. But I thought that the music was great. Um, it wasn't like this complete scare-fest music that they were playing. They had some, you know, warm, gentle moments as well. And, uh, you know, some 80s hits and stuff. And, you know, I, I really uh, love the 80s aesthetic of the of yeah. the, of the the show itself. I thought it was well done. Like, case in point, the, um, <laughs> the marquee for the cinema. So you had Little Weapon 2 and Batman. I thought that was, that was great. Uh, but I was I worried had, though. Nightmare on Elm Street was there. As well. Yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street five, I think it was. I think yeah. that's the one before Freddy's Dead. You know, but I was worried though, and I, I'm not sure if this is gonna affect 
future viewings of this movie for me though i was worried though that it was going to play on the whole 80s nostalgia vibe you know that a lot of movies a lot of shows have been accused of especially like you know stranger things for example you know i just the way how the story is played out is almost like yeah we are watching an 80s film again like we're like we're watching the goodies but just with a mixture of like you know freddy krueger in it no, it has that kind of feel to it and i was worried you know watching it like okay i really enjoy this but still in retrospect is this like cashing in on the whole 80s nostalgia craze thing you know because i understand the setting of it i understand it in terms of setting up the sequel but you know once again though because of you know um stranger things especially that and how big that is there you know you kind of wonder oh is this is that playing you know towards that sort of demographic there? if you know what i mean yeah yeah um but you know with all that being said though i really really enjoyed it i I, I, I didn't go with high expectations, but I knew I was going to enjoy it because of what I had to live up to, and I thought that it did so well. It's not a perfect movie by a long shot, but it is very, very entertaining. And I would say this one minor gripe, though, I didn't jump or I didn't get as scared as I wanted to. Like, I didn't say that's supposed to go back to when I was young and I saw, you know, that one clip from the first It movie, and I expected to be you know, deeply disturbed like that. You know, I, I wanted to have fun with the film, you know, you know, especially when you have kids be the protagonist. And I did have fun with it. But yes, there were jump scares and you know, even when the jump scares, you know, happened, I didn't really feel like, you know, I was jumping out of my skin there. I didn't really feel like that. I don't know if that happened to you, but to me, yeah, like it was scary because you know it's scary, but it was like deeply, deeply disturbing. Like I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm just gonna be thinking about that one scene you know there was no moment unfortunately or there was few moments that kind of was going there but to me but in no way is this a bad thing though it's it, it feels like this this team park right there in, in my opinion but i would have wished for a little bit more scarceness something a little bit more visceral make me like cringe in my seat there you know there was just a few moments which which did that for me but unfortunately you know it didn't do that for you know a majority of the film so that's like my one minor gripe though but apart from all that i would say that this is probably the best horror i've seen or i should say the most entertaining horror i've seen all year i'm still looking forward to mama at uh, sorry to um what's say mama it's actually directed by the guy who directed mama by the way but i'm looking forward to mother and some people already say that mother is not so much a horror it's or, okay. or a thriller it's like an allegory something i don't know when i see it i'll tell you guys i want i try to i try to avoid as much as i can about it. I want to be surprised by what me, me too me too I want but to avoid any spoilers or articles about it I don't want to know but all people's all I know right now all I know right now is just that well it's not what you expect there's a lot of metaphors right. in there you need to watch this thing carefully every shot matters and all that kind of stuff that's all I know but anyway but with, for, for, for it here I would say that this is hands on the most entertaining horror I've seen this year um, will this make my top 10 I don't know about top 10 I don't I, I can't really say for sure but gotcha. I really enjoy this film um, I, I, I love the decision of splitting the story into two movies so yeah I can't wait to see the sequel you know but still yeah you're gonna have fun with this one Jared so um, rating wise I will give this a decent 4 to 5 stars one this is definitely one to see in theaters um, when I saw it it was a packed audience so everybody was just laughing and having fun and cheering and you know jumping and stuff like that so I would recommend seeing this with a lot of people see this with your friends you're gonna have a blast with this one yeah uh, no for me it's the opposite uh, what 
what? Ish. Okay, but okay. That was high. I, I, again, because it, it was good and uh, decent and well made, but again, because I just not into horror, and I, I, my thing is that you kind of have to reject a lot of logic. I uh, didn't hate this movie. It's well made. Um, I still give it a movie tongue. All right, that's fair also, enough, fair enough. That's a movie tongue. Yeah, uh, any last words on, on why you didn't enjoy it as much as I did? Just, just yeah, no, just, again, true. because it's, it's, it's the classic horror reasons. Um, you need... You need to have you need to rely on dream logic you need to explain things but you don't need to explain anything and you can just accept this that and the other and then they may explain it later but you just have to accept it as well as kids doing kids things i'm like no these kids are kind of dumbasses they need to address these things a little better yeah you know it's a good thing you mentioned that too sorry to cut you there so it's a good thing you mentioned that too because yes I, i i like the fact that the kids are aware that they have to do what they have to do to stop this 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 demon but they do some dumb shit. I like why yeah. are they doing this? Like literally five minutes after they say we should stick together, they split up. Yeah. And you're like, it's why, Adrian? Why? But yeah, you know, you could argue just the same thing like I said with Animal Creation. It's a horror film. You have to play on certain tropes, you know. Yeah, as I say, you have to justify your tropes, and you know, they do a good job of trying to justify the tropes. Uh, yeah, I, I I would agree with you on that one. Um, I don't know how they're gonna play it in the the, the sequel. I kind of have a feeling they'll just follow the same rinse repeat formula that this one here did but you know it'll be interesting to see how they play it all because yeah they are adults now so they can't be doing the same stuff from two you know 27 years ago even though they could argue and say well they don't remember stuff from what happened before slight spoiler but you do see it in the old film they don't remember much of what happened back then but it's only when you know they become closer to it that's when it starts to that's when it comes back now you know it so I don't know how they're gonna play it off. I just hope we don't get no idiotic, um, you know, adults doing idiotic stuff because of a horror film. But you know, we'll see. All right. Yeah. So with all that being said, uh, Ricardo, where can we find you online, man? Yeah, you can just get me at Armedi, Ampasat R M D Y on Twitter, and then type in my name Ricardo Medina on Facebook and you find me there. All right, you can also find me on Twitter as well. Look for Legally Black MJB, MJB, and capital letters. You can also look for my name, Matthew Bailey, on Facebook. Also look for a Legally Black official fan base where you find the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that we've recorded before, and, of course, my written reviews. Ah, yes, yeah, so before we part, we stuff to look forward to. Well, at the oh, time yeah. of this recording here... The Emmys. Yeah, the, well, yes, there's the Emmys for one thing. I need to check that out. I know there's tons of shows... That are nominated um, that I haven't yes, seen, but movies are movie I expecting. Was only well, I expecting thing to sweep. Um, handmade too. That was pretty big. Deal. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a pretty big deal there. Yeah. Um. Also, as I was about to say, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited for that. I really enjoyed the first film, even with its over the topness, which I I actually love though. Um. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what uh what we, what we get here. Yeah, uh, I hope it's not a kick-ass too. Type yeah, thing. I hope so. Where it takes yeah. it, where it tries to do yeah, the whole far. subversiveness and it just goes too far, yeah. and we forget about it. Like I did with Kickass too. So, yeah. um, the Lego the Jakku movie, the Jakku. Right, early, yeah, early, early I don't know. I haven't seen any trailers, like tease. Sorry, any TV spots for it. I haven't seen any reviews for it. But if it's good, well, maybe I'll give it a look. I can't really say for sure. But I really did enjoy the Lego Batman movie. I'm not expecting this film to be as great or, you know, maybe self-referential as that one. But, you know, it's Lego, so we'll see. Right. And, of course, finally, in terms of uh, movies, of course, Blade Runner 2049 uh, coming out the next couple of weeks, I believe. Well, uh, early, no- uh, early October, we're supposed to be getting that. 
and uh, I don't know about you, Ricardo, but I really would love if we could talk about the old film, like you know, watch over the old film and you know, just review it and see you know how it holds up and you know those kind of things. So you know, can we have another that- retrospective review of a movie in a long while? Okay, okay, yeah. So I don't know if you if you if you if you game for that, but I say why not watch yeah, over whatever. the old Blade Runner, you know? Well, around the time when twenty forty nine comes, so we can check that out. Right. All right. So that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys. Yes, it. <laughs> so once again, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Whenever you listen, this was Machu Bini and Ricardo Medina, and we are signing off from another episode of BSB and Bailey. So until the next one, take care, guys. Peace. Peace.